happened in a very, very rare occurrence. Ben Magnet does not have something fun, witty, or snarky to say during his intro. Mark it down. Episode 226 is one of the very rare episodes where Ben has absolutely nothing funny, nothing to to merge the craziness that Psycho Gorman with the other craziness that was his book club, which turned out to be Centipede because the comic book story of video games did not pan out, and that kind of hurt his heart. As I said, I am Ben Magnet. Joined with me is Brandon T. McClure. Sparks You're giving yourself a lot of credit with those intros, aren't you? Uh-huh. And Ryan Indianapolis. Is it the toe? Is it does toe damage his brain in some weird shape or form? I don't freaking know. That doesn't track. In no, in what track. in what way does this intro not qualify as snarky? <laughs> yeah. Oh god, what's up, troll boy? Yeah. Oh boy. How's your toe? It's actually pretty damn pretty damn good i went to the doctor doctor says healing just as it as uh they wanted to they told me to stay off of it or they told me to walk around my house a little bit try to get my strength back uh only do sitting work at work which pretty much translates to i don't have to go to work for another week which makes me happy Very nice. and then yeah just walk or just walk around try to get my strength back uh don't be on it too much and i'll just take it at my own pace just keep walking as uh and just keep going whatever feels comfortable if it doesn't feel comfortable don't do it but try again later down the line. Like everything in life, it sounds yeah. reasonable, yeah. Uh, before we get with our weeks, Ben, if Ooh. I may, mm-hmm. we have a lot of links in the description. Oh, boy. Uh, oh, this man. week, we launched a new show. We did? We yes. did. Basement Arcade Pause Menu is oh, up. Right. It has started. Uh, the first episode is Spider-Man uh, for the PlayStation 4. Uh, that has three of us here. Yeah, and then a new one's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first episode is linked below. You can check that one out. It's kind of it's a retrospective review on the place on the PlayStation Four Spider Man game. Check uh, out then, Miles Morales review in twenty twenty four. Yeah, I gave up on that one already. Um, <laughs> well, uh, then there's our two episodes of our Fake Nerds Watch series where we are going through One Division. It's episode three of One Division, episode four of One Division uh, are down there right now. Great, great talks. You know, if you want to watch them sequentially, or you just want to skip to episode four, I won't blame you. I don't judge you, but it but it's fun to kind of kind of come with us on the speculation on the speculative journey, the speculation train. Um, then we have our Fictor Book Club, little Char and the Gang, yeah. uh, is back. The Fictor Book Club series is back with complete with a new intro, uh, like everything coming out this year. Um, Except for this show, um, that uh, that is up right now. Uh, we are going to be continuing with Little Char and the Game Gang. A little spoiler there, uh, so check that out as well. Uh, that's it as far as what's on the what's on this network. So make sure to subscribe to this channel because we're bringing you a lot of content. Um, we also have Ryan's latest downright annoyed. What's up? We we skipped last week, but we're back this week talking about Kevin Smith's Dogma from 1999. Spoilers: I think it's pretty good. Religion's funny. Religion is funny, actually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then we have uh, a Ben Magnet article uh, or review, I should say, of um, Ready Player Two. Yeah, I can. I, I spoilers. It's a bad book. Yes, <laughs> I don't think that was, that was spoilers, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure the second the internet got a hold of it, they're like, "Yo, this book is bad." Yeah, they they definitely were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Ready Player Two uh, review down there, and and another Ben uh, Ben, you were on Adults Talking Anime this week. I, w- I was, yeah. That episode actually dropped uh, to yeah, no Friday. It dropped on Friday. Dropped Friday. Cool. Yeah. 
so all those links are in the description. What did you tell everyone to talk about real quick? Uh, we talked about Gundam, Yashihime, My Hero Academia, and Is It Wrong to Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon Season 3. Cool. What was that last one? Don't worry about it. What do you think? Wait, Brandon, what do you think he said? Does a dungeon pick up girls? Okay. Okay. Kinda was I close? close? You were close. close. No, okay. You're close. You're close. <laughs> um, all right. Whatever. <laughs> all those links are in the description below. Uh, I just want to acknowledge some things about uh, what you just said. First off, Basement Arcade Pause Menu and Fake Nerd Book Club, when they went on this week, they both have new intros. I know you mentioned that. Uh, thanks to Jeremy Bellucci for collaborating with me to make the music for Jeremy. those. Uh, to match the visual intros that I built. He's awesome. Uh, and also, uh, on Ben's note about his Ready Player 2 review, I just want to congratulate Ben on finally coming around to our side of the table and thinking that maybe the Ready Player 1 book wasn't so good after all. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we had some conversations about that when we were playing video games this week. I, I just appreciate that you're you're starting to the the nostalgia fog is starting to wash away, and you're starting to go. Mm, I don't know anymore. <laughs> I I hold that Ernest Klein would not be a name that anybody heard about uh, if Loot Crate hadn't put that book in every single Loot Crate that for the first run. Man, that's like funny that's, enough. That's yeah. the only reason how I was able to get the book in the that's, first place. That's how most people got the book. Yeah. Um, that's really funny because, uh, Loot Crate, they, when that happens, it kind of boosts sales for a book, like exponentially more than normal because there was a Guardians of the Galaxy comic that came with, um, that came with Loot Crate. It was, wasn't number, it was like a number three and it sold like a million copies. Everyone's like, what? Nobody bought this comic. What's going on? It's because it was in a Loot Crate. And I'm like, oh man, that's kind of bad sometimes. Orphan Black, number one, was in a Loot Crate. That's pretty cool, though. I'm okay with it. Good. Yeah. I want to say there's a variant of Batman, of uh, the endgame finale for Batman in one of the Lucrates that I got. Oh, and there's okay, another yeah. variant for uh, Star Wars. It was the first, was it Aaron, uh, Karen Gillian who wrote the first Star Wars run? When it was Marvel? Aaron. It was Jason Aaron. It was Jason Aaron's Jason Aaron. Star yeah. Wars. Yeah, it was a special variant cover of Star Wars issue two with Han and Chewbacca. That was the variant yep. for, um, for Lucrate. Uh, Star Wars number one is currently the highest selling comic of all time, I think. Or at least, no, sorry, number one, like the like the highest selling number one uh, after mm. X Men. Uh, it hit yeah. like a million, it hit like a million copies, uh, and that's the first comic to hit a million copies in a in a while. And I was I was nice. excited. Nice. Yeah. Okay, uh, so that's all the that's kind of all the the network stuff up top. Uh, do we want to get into our weeks? I don't mind going first this week because I don't do a whole lot. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go last because I never go last. So please go for it. All right, you go last this time. Hell yeah. Um, okay, so I'll I'll go first. I am still doing my WandaVision marathon. Um, so I watched Avengers Infinity War. Uh, spoiler alert, movie rules. I like the movie a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I uh, yeah, man, uh, that that's such a great movie to co- just revisit and kind of have all those emo- emotions again. Uh, watching watching the Russo brothers MCU films post our discussion of the mcu as a whole we have the four-parter on youtube and and, and things so you, you can watch that um but post that i start to remember that while i like a lot of the big things like the big superhero moments and a lot of the big character moments there's a lot of like small things that i don't really like for example in infinity war the russos decide to get rid of thor's eye patch mm, yeah I wish they hadn't. I wish he had kept the eye patch. Yeah. Um, I don't see a story reason why it needed to be, why it needed to disappear. I legit, uh, 
I think that's not a story reason. That's a we have Chris Hemsworth's beautiful face and we're not obscuring it in any way kind of thing. I'm could be. Uh, and if that's the case, I still don't like it. <laughs> no, of course. It's the reason like why like uh, like uh, people don't like to wear helmets or like if they're like superheroes, yeah. their their helmet's always off. You know, you yeah. got to see the face. Um, and then oh, obviously we talked about it a ton. Wanda's disappearing accent. Uh, yeah. I, it, like I, I, I haven't I haven't seen those movies in a while. Like, does it? Is it? I don't remember. Is it gone? Because I remember in Germany, I think it's gone. She like, she she uses it. Sp- very sparingly there's like words here and there that still have an accent to like them. different different edits or different cuts have more inflection than others so it's not yeah. consistent yeah okay yeah, yeah. I, I i feel like it was more like present in civil war especially in like comparing the scene where she's talking to vision in civil war and they're talking about pepper cash oh that's definitely and then, and then going to the scene in infinity war where they're like together in the like it almost i always remember that that opening scene when she gets up to go talk to vision i'm like that's the it's all just yeah there's no accent there. Yeah. It's all and, and again, Brent, like you've mentioned, like in our Wanda casting, like I'm sure Elizabeth Olsen's trying to keep that accent, but like, so maybe the Ruthos just like, they're just like, it's not important to us, which sucks. Yeah. I think that's what happened because I think uh, Feige was part of the team to kind of push an accent and the Russos after Age of Ultron, the Russos became the kind of the shepherds of the MCU. So it became their playground. Yeah. Uh, in I, sense. I, I do want to say like, I know they're the Russo movies, but I know a lot of my personal issues, maybe not necessarily the ones you're mentioning, but like it still McFeely. goes back to McFeely and um, the, the Mar- other guy. Marcus. Marcus and yeah. McFeely. Marcus and McFeely, uh, their script choices bug me. And a lot of that comes down to like the, the way they handle character interactions. Like we've talked about it. Vision sucks as a character, honestly, in the, in the Russo directed films. And I put that pretty much entirely on Marcus and McFeely, just not yeah. being able to write Vision interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I also decided to watch another MCU movie that wasn't Endgame because, hey guys, episode four of WandaVision came out and I got excited to watch Ant-Man and the Wasp. I'm, I'm absolutely doing that this week. So uh, that movie rules. Uh, I'm very much of the opinion like, hey, you know what? If, if you like a movie, if you don't like a movie, that's fine. Nobody has the same taste. But honestly, Ant-Man and the Wasp, I question you. <laughs> Why don't you like Ant-Man and the Wasp? They're even more than the first Ant-Man, which I think a good movie is more generic than the second one. A lot of people don't like that second movie. I'm just like, I I just, this is just a really charming movie. I don't get it. I just don't get it. It's hilarious. It's inventive. One of the most inventive in the MCU. It's got one of the most car, one of the most inventive car chases I've ever seen in a movie, period. Oh yeah. A lot of heart. A lot of heart. I still feel like most people who say they don't like Ant-Man and the Wasp didn't actually watch it. Yeah. I feel like they, did, they didn't They did love the first Ant-Man, and they just decided, I'm going to pass on that one. I'm waiting for Endgame. I don't care about this side thing. And yeah. that's just the mentality they run with. I don't... Now, I'm not saying, like, everybody who doesn't like it didn't watch it. That's not what I'm saying. But yeah. I am saying I feel like there are a lot of people who just, like, judged it... Didn't give it a chance. ...without giving it a chance and said, nah, Ant-Man and the Wasp ain't good. Yeah. yeah. I'm I like, I don't, I don't believe you. I don't believe you for a second. Man, I, I love all this Ant-Man talk, guys. I wonder, I wonder whose book club it is next week. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love uh, I love Ant-Man and the Wasp. I think that that movie is wonderful. Uh, for me, a top 10 MCU. Um, kind of like inched it up into my top five, I'll be I, honest. It my, it's my number five. Like it's that movie. I love, man, it's so good. Yeah, uh, I, I, I adore that movie. But I, I found something very funny uh, watching this movie. Now that now that the MCU has been postponed a year um, and where everything's like coming out now, uh, the actress who plays Cassie Lang didn't really need to be recast because she'd be the proper age by the time Ant-Man Quantumania comes around. 
That's true. Yeah, that's a yeah. Bummer. If they were going to re recast her, they should have recast her back to the little girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And just have her be a little bit younger than normal, but she's still charming. Yeah, right. Yeah, like she, I, it's going to be like five or six years till that movie comes out anyway. True. I agree with you. I wish they they just kept the talented little actress who played Cassie for the first two films. Oh, she's so yeah. good. Oh, I, I do think it was short sighted to to. Get I rid totally. Of her. I totally get for the end game sequence because she is supposed to be five years older. I understand. But yeah. now that we're going to quantum mania where she, where that actress would have been the proper age anyway, I'm kind of like, you didn't have to. Yeah. Yeah. Also the, like pandemic ruins things. Like it's making these kind of decisions are hard. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, I'm going through season two of Tangled. The series is art Rapunzel's Tangled Adventure. They changed the, they changed the title of the series uh, in the second season. Oh, um, to Rapunzel's Tangled Adventure. Uh, still very charming. Still a wonderful uh, addition to uh, this is the Tangled franchise. Uh, except I hate Shorty. Who's Shorty? Who is the drunk short guy from the movie with the beard, with the white okay. beard. Got it. Um, he's very funny in the first in the movie. And he's, yeah. funny, he's funny in parts in the first season. But now he has somehow found his way into the adventure outside of Corona. And... I have more times than not said, why the hell is he here? Mm. He does not add anything to the series anymore. He is not funny anymore. That shtick has worn out. Is he like the comic relief like throughout the whole thing? No, that's Lance. Oh, oh Who is a better character? Oopsie poopsies. Sure. I'm, I'm so fed up with Shorty. Yeah. Um, they yeah, they introduced three new characters in the show. Cassandra, Lance. Lance is the guy who played Genie on, Alad on Aladdin's Broadway. Uh, James, James Monroe Iglehart. Yeah. He's, oh, I, like that. I like the guy. He's great. He plays like uh, Flynn Rider's like, childhood best friend. We, we talked about it in the news a while ago, but he wrote a Spider-Man story for Marvel Comics Presents, and I, I mm. still want to bring that. I'm trying to find the right way to bring that around to the book club because I don't think I want to tackle all of Marvel Comics Presents. Yeah. But I definitely want that's us to talk issues. about... Yeah, I, that's what I'm trying to do is like find the right issues mm -hmm. to bring to the table because I definitely want to talk about his his Spider-Man story. Hell yeah. yeah. Um, he's great. Cassandra's a great character. Um, Pascal ends up dying a lot. Not like dying, but like almost dying a lot. And I find that fascinating and weird, um, but but charming. Like uh, the, the, the The music is really great. Uh, they introduced Hookfoot, who is Hookhand's best, who is Hookhand's brother, uh, because they couldn't get um, what's his name uh, from everybody uh, loves Raymond. Uh, oh God, Brad, Brad, Brad Garrett, Brad Garrett, yeah. <laughs> they couldn't get him, so they have, so they replaced this character with his what brother. Like, what is he doing? I don't know. He's too busy. <laughs> Um, they, could get, they could get Mandy Moore and Zachary Levi, but Brad Garrett's like, sorry. Yo, maybe he's just show. like, I hate this channel. <laughs> um, so, like, all that's fine, but like, Shorty has just worn it out, and I'm so sick of him. Sure. That's but he's, I'm stuck with him. Anyway, um, the last two things I want to talk about are uh, one of the latest series of one of the latest Black Hammer comic books, Colonel Weird, Weird Cosmogog, which is just about Colonel Weird. Um, going through various moments of his timeline in a weird, crazy, cosmic uh, four-issue comic book that was a lot of fun to read. That ended this week, um, and that was the only comic book I read because of crushing depression issues. I uh, only was able to read one comic book, and that was it. And I'm glad I did because I thought it was a great comic and a great ending. 
I, I love Black Hammer. I'll, I'll, I love everything in the Black Hammer universe. And Colonel Weird Cosmogog was no different. Excellent. Love it. Um, and then I finished, I watched, I started and finished Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous season three, season two. Sorry. Say three already. <laughs> season two. <laughs> wow. It is not like uh, the Fast and the Furious series, which has four seasons now. Oh How'd that happen? It's only three episodes a season. <laughs> Don't know how it got so fast, so, so far, so, so quickly. Furious. How did it get so furiously fast? <laughs> Seriously? There's four seasons of that show up there? Yeah, the four seasons coming, yeah. Um, anyway, so Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous. Um, the second season I found to be a lot stronger because it's no longer kind of beholden to what happened on the park during Jurassic World. We're now after Jurassic World with these kids stuck on the island dealing with dinosaurs and surviving. We get some character development. But we're introduced to three new characters, played by Bradley Whitford, uh, Stephanie Beatrice, uh, and I don't know the third actor. Um, but they're really great new characters who are dinosaur poachers, or just poachers, uh, who came to the island to poach them, poach the dinosaurs before they uh, figure out what to do with the island. They talk a bit about the politics about what's happening be- between Jurassic World and Fallen Kingdom. Okay. Um, the... The the big gruff dude you end up caring for in two episodes, and I find it to be one of the strongest character arcs I've ever seen in a kids' TV series. Maybe in a TV series in general. Wow! Uh, just two episodes. He goes from a character who I who you really just don't want to like and don't and can't like to like a character you're sad just just died. Well, that's good. Good for them. Um, and then Bradley Whitford and Stephanie Beatrice. Uh, die off screen in very gruesome ways and i was very shocked that they went that direction for a kid's show um uh, shocked and surprised shocked and, and happy they did because i'm like you're dealing with dinosaurs like i don't i don't need to see it but like someone should die you're you're yeah. gonna bring in uh you gotta bring in some adult characters because you ain't gonna kill kids so. exactly right yeah. no you're not no you though they almost they wanted you to believe they did in the first season uh, but they didn't no, they didn't. And they won't. <laughs> they had a cute little, uh, he has a cute little um, ankylosaurus, uh, who is now in, in a, a cute little, a cute adult ankylosaurus. I just want a Jurassic Park movie brave enough to kill a kid. <laughs> what, like Max or Tim? No, like, uh, that's fine. But like, one of the brothers from Jurassic World could have bitten it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. For sure. Like, come on. Either one, they're interchangeable. Jurassic Park three, how how tragic would Jurassic Park three be if they, they got all there? gone through all the effort? They're almost off the island, but the kid's the one person from the party that doesn't make it. That would be sick. Jurassic World three doesn't even doesn't even follow through with its with its only significant death. Yeah, true. Oh yeah, that that the guy who got eaten but eaten by the pterodactyls, right? Yeah, yeah. They kill off the three. They call off the three indisposable characters at the beginning of the movie, and by mm-hmm. the end of the movie, they're like, oh yeah, remember the one we thought you thought. We, we killed? No. Oh, the guy who got like, taken let in me the tell you, cage? Let me tell yeah. you, I don't know if everybody would like Jurassic Park 3 if they'd killed the kid, but everybody would talk about it. Oh, yeah. True. All the time. Hundo. That's Man. all I did this week. Like I said, I had a crushing depression issue that I just could not get through most things, so... It happens to the best of us. There Ooh. we go. Whoa! Whoa! Oh, hello! Whoa. Look who it is! 
Grayson, so Walking Dead. Walking Dead shot a little girl in the face. Right in the face. Look at the flowers. Look, Look at, at the, the flowers. flowers. <laughs> shot her in the Grayson, face. they shot a baby in the face. <laughs> for your for, for the audio listeners, Grayson Live just popped into the chat and said, not even Walking Dead would kill a baby. I don't know if you'll ever see a kid actually die on screen. I think Walking I think that's the one example I can think of in Walking Dead. Uh, uh, they, yeah, look at the flowers because she was a little psychopathic girl who murdered people. <laughs> all right, that's all I got. So, what else? Who, who wants to go next? Bye. Ben. Okay, I guess I've been voting to go next. So, I had a nice, nice week off. It was very relaxing. Played a whole lot of oh, video games. I'm sorry, week. I did something else. I'm so sorry. Go for it. I beat Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Oh, nice. yeah, I was gonna ask you about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I beat Shadow. It's actually really significant because we're talking about Tomb Raider later in the episode. Um, yes. yes, I beat Shadow of the Tomb Raider, which is the third and final, which is the third game in the in the Survivor trilogy um, of Lara Croft Survivor trilogy. Really great. Uh, I don't know if I like it more than Rise yet, but I found uh, the game to be an improvement in a lot of ways. Uh, still a lot of fun. The gameplay never really changed, but it's still a lot of fun. Um, scary at parts. Yeah, really, just really enjoyed playing through all three of those games. I'm sad. I'm sad. I'm done. Uh, so I never, I never, I beat the first one. I played and didn't beat the second one, and I haven't touched the third. But what I hear of the story of the third one, the way it ends, it's like batshit nonsense. Yeah, it's yeah. Not. I, I'm very, very curious because I really want to play it because I got it spoiled and I don't care. But I'm like, oh, I'm playing that game now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I, need, I need to go through. It's insane that the the ending takes the places that I just didn't. Uh, I was unprepared for it, and it was a lot of fun. It's exciting. No, it's All right. Speak- I apologize, it, Ben. Is it Rise or Shadow? No, because uh, I think one of the two main games is for free on PS Plus, so it's downloading. Rise. It's, Shadow. it's Shadow. It's Shadow. Right now. Oh, oh, Rise was also free like a year ago. Rise, so I got Rise was free. Now it's Shadow. So it's free. Yeah. You get them all for free, baby. That's why that's that you texted me uh, about Shadow of the Tomb Raider. I got it off PlayStation Plus. Because yeah. I was like, oh, he, I hope he didn't buy it. It's free. <laughs> Yeah, I, I got Shadow downloading, so I'll pro- I don't know when I'll play it, but it's there if I ever want to play it. So, yay for free stuff. Play those uh, first two if you have. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. Highly recommend, honestly, highly recommend going through all three of those games. It's a very compelling journey. Mm-hmm. I would yeah. love to. Uh, anyways, what did I do this week? Uh, I played a whole lot of video games. Um, I played a lot of Link's Awakening. I'm almost uh, done. I'm going to the final dungeon on Link's Awakening. Played uh, a little bit of Hyrule Warriors here and there. Not a whole lot, but some. Uh, played uh, Dead by Daylight and Fall Guys with uh, all these guys on the screen you see. And also, uh, last night, I re-downloaded a game I thought I was never going to touch ever in my entire life. And uh, thank you for us. Yep. Me too. Yeah, yeah we're not going to spoil I Good thing he is. Actually, interestingly enough, Grayson, sorry for the audio listeners, Grayson just said, thank you for not spoiling. I'll be playing the third later. Uh, he is the reason why I started playing the Tomb Raider games because he was playing them on his Instagram and sharing stuff. I was like, oh, this looks like a lot of fun. So uh, he's he's why I went through all three of those games. So thank you, Grayson. So total plug for my buddy Grayson Live. He's going he's actually going through the first Mega Man X game with his uh buddy um Zero on his YouTube channel right now. And it's hilarious. Just seeing him trying to jump in and get the certain heart containers and trying to figure out the pattern for the bosses is is nice. It's fun. So um speaking of what I did last night. Oh yeah I re-downloaded Fortnite on my PlayStation 4 last night. Bet your ass you did. I never thought I was going to da- re-download that game, but it, I, it was on there, and um, Sparks was playing, so I figured I, I don't want to take Sparks away from Fortnite. And Fall Guys, it's fun with uh, 
with two game with two people, but it's like, you know what? Might as well just see what all the hubbub's about. Because I did play it before, and like Sparks said, and because I know Sparks has said before on the show, when it first started out, if you if you don't get the if you're not the victor, it's not that fun. But they added stuff to make it better for the 99 people who don't make it out alive. But I don't know how. I don't know if I was just for one night I just got really freaking good. Hold on, hold on, Ben. Don't say you don't know how. We're the we're pro gamers, is how this <laughs> happened. You were giving me way too much credit. I couldn't even be freaking Super Mario yesterday the other sometime this week. And I was playing it on my NES. I couldn't get past this damn part. Pro gamer. So apparently we're pro gamers because we only played three matches in the wee hours of last night, and each time, all three of us won our match. Yeah, yeah, we're the best. We're pro- we're, we're we, going in the esports soon. We worked like a team, and it paid off. It felt like we were like a like a tactical SWAT team. It was awesome. <laughs> we really wrecked some people. Yeah, yeah we did. And of course, I'm thinking it's like I'm looking over at Sparks and Ryan. Like Sparks is like level fifty something. Ryan is level forty something, but like high forties. And I'm just like level one. Well, you just started. That's how it's gonna be. Yeah, and that's like, that's not a that's not a comment on skill. That's just how much time I put into the thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But then of course we're going through, and it's like, oh hey, pop. and we're like, I was getting kills. I was getting headshots left and right. I was like, wow, am I actually like really good at this game? And I don't know what it was because when I first started playing it, I remember my brother's like, you got to build, you got to build. I'm like, I don't like the building. And now, like, you know, building stuff. And playing with the Sparks and Ryan, it's just like, okay, here's a good gun. Here's stuff. Who needs this? I need that. Okay, like, it's constant communication. Like, it felt like the, it felt like what you would do when you and your buddies are playing COD or Halo. Yeah, it's yeah, it's like, just like, it's just another shooter. Like, it's like us playing yeah. Battlefront. Like, yeah, it is like really? us playing Battlefront. Like, like if, if you're a if you're if you're a good shot and you know how to build, you, you're probably gonna win because building. Some of these kids can build structures in like six seconds, and I'm like, I, what? You're a wizard. How did this even happen? Yeah. Uh, team Sports, thank you. Uh, yeah, some of these kids you can't compete with. But if like we're all good, we're all good. We're pro gamers, so like if we're good shots, like we can still win. Well, I will say that it makes me want to play more Fortnite with you guys. Hell yeah, it does. So I don't know if I'm gonna be investing money in the battle pass anytime soon. I mean, of course, if Sam, if the rumors of Samus being the next battle pass the next month pop up, then uh, <sighs> all, all I'm yeah. saying, buddy, is you get you get this month right now, just one month, you automatically can get Predator. True. That's all. That's all. Very He's true. pretty cool. You saw me playing the sax with him. How hot is that? No. <laughs> I just love just saying like because you had no, it was Kratos. No, so Kratos and Doctor Doom were doing the sax. That was Ryan and Sparks's characters, respectively, and then. Um, up comes Sparks with his Ghost Rider, and Ghost Rider is doing freaking Gundam style. Oh yeah, seeing seeing Ghost Rider do a little bit of this is uh, you know, video games are special. They're magic. Video, video games are rad. So besides video games, I also watched a little bit of Ducktales. I'm closer and closer to Ducktales. I'm at a part of Ducktales where um, the boy's mom, Della Duck, finally rejoins the family. So that was really cute. That was really heartfelt. And I can't, I want to go back. I want to finish the season. I'm like halfway, like a little over half. Really, I really like Della Duck. I think she's a great I character. I do too. I, I absolutely adore her. Uh, the episode I left off. Yeah, I'm not going to say where I left off, but I left that. I'm like right in the middle of the season. So I'm yeah. almost done with DuckTales. And what else? I, of course, I watched. Well, Wonder you're almost Day. done with what's on Disney Plus. Well, yeah, what's on Disney Plus right now? I mean, I cannot wait for that season three because I think season three is the one with the Darkwing Duck hour-long special, and I really want to see that. Yes, but Darkwing Duck's in season two. Oh, is it? Oh, uh, he's in... You're just not yeah. there yet. No, I'm, I'm, there yet. 
Yeah, I'm just not there yet. Uh, let's see. What else did I? What else did I do? Um, obviously, so I write it down. <laughs> what? Oh yeah, I learned how to play uh, Settlers of Catan with my roommate. <laughs> nice. I, like, I like that your girlfriend had to come upstairs to tell you. She uh, she was already up here. <laughs> yeah, so I also be for some reason because there are times where I'm like right on the edge of the trends and then I'm like so far behind it's like I just leave me just leave me I'm I'm not worth it anymore. Uh, I finally learned how to play Settlers of Catan. I learned uh, not just the baseball game but also the Seafarers board game and the City of Nights expansion. So. I Catan's really fun. I really enjoy it. I love and also it. Now, now that I'm home, it's nice for me to actually experience this because if I was still at work, I wouldn't be able to do this these sort of things. Which, I mean, it sucks that I'm that I got hurt, but at the same time, I'm grateful that I'm still at home because I can actually now do things with my girlfriend, my roommate, my family, and and actually like now whenever the text story comes, I was like, who wants the game? I was like, I can actually game tonight instead of just I look at my phone and go, oh god, please be awake by two a.m. when I get home and be ready to play. Yeah. Sorry, buddy. Yeah, it's it's not your fault. It's my god, have a work schedule. Anything else? Uh, yeah, I uh, like we mentioned earlier. I wrote that Ray Player Two review, which fun fact, I expected that review to be a page and a half. It turned into three and a half pages on my word processor. Holy crap! Do I have things to say about that book? All of which are on are in the link in the description below. Yeah. Uh, did I write? Did I do my OSG article last week or this week? I can't remember. I think it was last week. I want to say it was last week. I want to say, yeah, it was last week. Yeah, yeah. I haven't ran new. I haven't ran anything new for OSG yet. It's coming up for. Uh, it's coming up soon. For those uh, of you who don't know, that is old school gamer oh, magazine. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, old school gamer magazine, and that's pretty much it. That's all I did. I just watched some stuff, played some stuff, kept off my foot, and and I bought my comics. Haven't read them in weeks. No, mm-hmm. nay, month and a half. Love I need it. to do that. That's okay, um, Ben. I'm like six months behind on most of my comments. I'm behind on a lot. I'm behind, baby. Yeah, we're all there. All right. Uh, I'll go. Um, still watching Girl More Girls. So you if know. you need me, where you at? Where you at? Uh, like, uh, I'm in season three. Oh, uh, Dean, Dean just broke up with Rory. Oh, Dean. <sighs> yeah, Jess. I'm so glad that Dean did it though. Yeah, me too. If Rory had done it to Dean, I would have been mad because I'm like, Dean deserved to throw that shit in Rory's face. Yeah, I don't... You're with me. I don't like Jess. No, I don't like Jess, but like Dean deserves better. Yeah, Dean, Rory, gets, Rory, Dean gets to be a very bad character later, though. I, I, I'm sure, but for now, Rory spent a year being trash to yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, Gilmore Girls' opinions. Um, I, I watched all of uh, Pixar Popcorn. Oh yeah, um, that's coming up this week on Disney Plus. Um, if you haven't checked it out, uh, those are all done without using the voice actors, so they're all uh, pieces with just sound and music. But there's no there's no real voices, or if there are voices, they're like little sounds that they already have recorded from the. They didn't bring anybody back into the studio for these, oh. but they're cute. They're very fun. Um, the Incredibles ones in particular just make me really want more Incredibles. Not that I don't kind of sit in that zone all the time anyway, mm-hmm. but uh, it just, it, it continues to show me like, there's still like, they don't even introduce any new characters or anything. It's just about the family still. But I'm like, there's still just so much room to play with this world of the mm-hmm. Incredibles. And I don't like, I feel like we've more or less done everything we need to do with pretty much every other Pixar property that you're going to see in Pixar popcorn. I don't feel like I need another movie in any of those necessarily, but the Incredibles is the one where I'm sitting there and I'm going, 
No, I could go. I could go for another movie. Mm-hmm. I could go for another Incredibles for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but they have some stuff from Cars. The Cars ones are fun. I think Cars Future mostly as shorts is a great idea. I, I get the appeal of that world. Um, I'm especially more fond of it after Cars Three. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's fun. Coco had had a really cute one. Um, that's just a, a about like people in the land of the dead. Uh, that was really fun. Again, like I'm just like this is nice for this. This mm-hmm. is just a nice little like these are fun ideas that they just were like we can do this in about two minutes or whatever. Um, Dory has a good one. Uh, there, the Toy Story one is good. Um, just they're they're just nice to visit. They're very brief. You can get through them very quickly. But again, those Incredibles ones were both standouts for me. Um, I watched. Ooh, okay, hold on. Uh, <laughs> I'll talk about that later. I, I started playing a little bit more of the avengers video game yeah just just a little bit um i just i just want to i do want to go through that campaign and i'm I'm starting to be able to log some time i've been meaning to get to it for for pretty much ever since i ended last school semester and now i started school this week so i didn't spend as much time on it as i wanted to they just teased um um maestro and uh and hawkeye that that update's happening sometime soon um watched wandavision uh, we talked about it. You can check it out. That episode is up. It's live now. Um, episode four. Speculation vision. We we had a great time oh, talking yeah. about it. Um, really love it. You can hear those thoughts there. Uh, played a lot of games. Uh, Fortnite, of course. Uh, as we mentioned, Dead by Daylight. All that fun stuff. Predator hunting grounds. Um, Megan is teaching me a new a, a new to me card game called Dutch Blitz that I've never played before. Um, that requires some speed that I'm not I'm not good at because when numbers are involved I slow down, uh, but I'm I'm practicing with her so uh, but that's been fun just just a different activity for us to do uh, here in the house. Um, a lot of what I did this week was pretty much consumed in just like reacclimating to the school semester, getting comfortable with it, deciding what I'm doing. Um, I I'm uh, I'm at what would be like the capstone phase for most people but um, neither is really a capstone, but that's kind of the phase I'm at for both of my majors. So everything is So very... for the audience at home, because I absolutely know what that means. For the audience, can you please tell us what a capstone is? Sure. Okay. In my, I for have the no audience, idea. of course. Yeah. No, I, 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 I 100% know. I, just, I know it too. I just, want, I just want just the audience to know. Am I the only one who forgot? Okay. Ben, uh, ben, no, no, ben. None of us know. I know, I know. Uh, so it's, it's basically your you, everything. Everything I'm doing in in all of my classes are based around either building several uh, medium sized projects mm-hmm. or building the whole semester to one large project. Got it. Okay. Um, and that's that's more or less what it is. Or it's in the case of the editing, it's very medium projects building to be one large project. Um, gotcha. So that's that's the phase I'm at. So it's not as much essays. Uh, as it was last semester now it's all going to be like just spending a lot of time over the semester constantly contributing into this one like big research paper or this one big editing video Video thesis yeah exactly Mm -hmm. or this producer's book uh all these things that i'm doing so um yeah that's that's basically (laughs) (laughs) nobody knows audio listeners grace and live just said i do not know what capstone is please tell me you you live in the bubble you kind of like forget yeah um but yeah so everything's just super project based is all um because i'm i'm technically in my last semester though i won't be graduating at the end of this because i still have an internship that i have to do to graduate um but that's where i'm at so it's going to be a 
kind of weird semester and I had to really get acquainted with all that. So that took a lot of my focus. So I think I didn't have time to really think about how much reading I was doing. Uh, so I did do some reading, um, finished the Brian Wood Star Wars, read a couple of other little Star Wars bits. I'm still reading Ken's book, listening to Force Center, things like that. Um, I didn't post about any of that on Instagram where I've been trying to post my readings. I'll probably do that soon. So you can catch up on what I'm reading there. Uh, so the last thing I want to talk about is this thing on Hulu called In and of Itself. Um, In and of Itself is about an hour and 40 minutes. Um, it is filmed on many occasions. This guy went to New York and he put on, he's like a mentalist and he put on a, conceptual art show that's also kind of a one-man monologue about his life that's also a magic show that's also it is uh it is hard to describe i truly don't want to tell you much about it um it's it's worth watching though uh it came on my radar through many different sources uh both um people who i admire who are typing about it on twitter actors i know who have been telling me about it um, it's drawing a lot of attention from a lot of people. So I am now sharing it to you guys, to the audience, um, set aside some time, watch in and of itself on Hulu. It is a fascinating little show. Um, they, he performed the exact same show 525 times, oh, cool. uh, and they have the recordings of it. A lot of there's, there's, uh, different reactions from the audience. And a few of them, you'll see some famous faces in there like Tim Gunn, um, are are in the audience every once in a while there are others bless Ooh. bless you bless you bless you <laughs> thank you Zutate. um i will i will only tell you this fact about it which is that when the audience goes to attend this show there is a big big wall of cards and they say i am and then they have a description and it can be like i am an optimist i am a best friend i am a brother i am a nobody all these kind of things, and you rip off the bottom of the I am card, and when you walk into the theater, you put it in a stack, and he has the stack. And I'm not going to tell you what he does with that stack, but uh, there, there is a, an interpersonal story that he weaves through it that is the most unique audience connection live performance thing I've ever seen. Nice. So I recommend watching it. I don't want to say any more about it. There's some cool magic to it. Check it out. I love it. Um, and go in as blind as possible. Uh, you can watch. Like, the don't wear my glasses. No, I mean, like, you can watch the trailer for it if you're not sold on what I said. But I don't recommend it. It didn't ruin anything for me. But if I could have done it again, I would have just gone off the word of mouth of people who told me you really should watch this rather than watching the trailer. Word. But I was trying to quickly convey to Megan that this might be something she wanted to watch too, and it, the trailer did do that. But um, if right. I could have avoided it, I would have. Absolutely. Sure. All right. Uh, that's that's me. That's, that's it. You. All right. Uh, I didn't do that much this week. Um, this is I'm probably going to be talking about this for the next like several months. Uh, me watching Critical Role and me working on my own RPG. So that's going to be taking up most of my time because if you guys don't know what Critical Role is, we read actually the comic of Critical Role a couple months ago. Um, Critical Role is a live Dungeons and Dragons session with a, <laughs> with all the most famous voice actors on the planet. Um, every episode's three to five hours long, and they have hundreds and hundreds of episodes. So like, there's literally no way I could ever catch up, and that's exciting for someone who just wants to put it on and listen to it. Uh, so I can listen to it at work, and I can watch the video of it if I want to. But um, 
Ben, you know, you know how dope it is. Uh, it- oh no, critical role is how I actually got through a lot of my really bad and really long shifts at work because I just put it on and next when an episode be done, it'd be time for my lunch or it'd be time for one of my breaks, and it'd be something really nice and fun to listen to. Mm-hmm. Only thing, only problem I have with it now is that when I want to go, there's a specific episode I want to go back and listen to that I really enjoyed, but as I try to go back on iTunes, it won't let me. Oh yeah, they they have a problem with their feed. Yeah, I just have to yeah. sometimes put it on like older ones. I have to watch like on YouTube specifically, but that's it's not yeah. too big of a problem. But um, yeah, yeah, man, just like being a dungeon master, you know, you have to like you're keeping track of so many things, and you're like you're trying to you're trying to weave a narrative while also being like the game programmer, um, and trying to figure out how to how to manage that and how to make sure everything's level and make everything make sense and have like not these creatures be too overpowered, like lots of balancing. And it's, it is, it's, it's lots, it's lots of fun. And it's really hard. Um, I'm just having a lot of fun doing that. Um, in my research of doing that, I've been trying to play a bunch of different RPGs just to get a sense of what other people do, just so I can kind of create my own unique thing. Um, I started playing this game called Battletech and Battletech is a video game based off of a tabletop RPG where you play as mechs and you move stuff on a board, but they turned it into a tactics <laughs> RPG like Final Fantasy Tactics or XCOM. So, you know, you're, you, you're moving your character and you pick what kind of abilities and attacks and stuff like that. Um, and that's been a lot of fun. That takes place in the year 3000, and it's a giant intergalactic story about how this empire that's uh, – it's not an evil empire, but it's an empire that, like, it's not doing well financially, and the king is dead, and the princess is getting moved up to be the queen. And there's an insurrection because a bunch of people don't like her, so it's kind of like a civil war with a bunch of mechs. Uh, it's my shit. I'm really into it. It's really fun. It's really hard. And I, I love hard games, but tactical games that are hard are not as fun as like Bloodborne games that are hard. Cause you just, you get right back into Bloodborne. If you don't have any money, you can't do shit. So it's really hard, but that's what makes it fun. And that's what makes it tactical. And like, you have to actually like, you have to be careful of the way you spend money. And that's, um, it's really fun. <clears throat> so tiny little tangent, you mentioned tactics games, especially when they're hard, they're really hard to get back into Final Fantasy Tactics, the original PlayStation one, which is in my drawer, funny enough. That's yeah. not my first foray. It was Tactics Advance, which is a little easier. And for me, yeah. I loved it. Years later, even as an adult, I tried playing Tactics, the original PlayStation 1. At first, I thought, oh, man, this is awesome. I got to level 3, kept getting my ass kicked. I'm like, well, this is bullshit. None of my characters are strong enough to fight this. How can I win? I can't yeah. And I'm still I'm only three missions in. How is this real? You gotta, we gotta, gotta, gotta get good. We gotta get good. Um, no, yeah, you, like gotta first, go back, you gotta go back and grind. That's what you need to do. Oh no, thank you. Um, yeah, um, like that first mission, like uh, it's really tactical because you have to make sure you like where your standing is important and like the angles and like the positioning, all that. And like you're like my first mission, like half of my weapons got destroyed, so like a bunch of my arms are destroyed. So I just have no weapons for, for the next mission. So I can't do the next mission until I repair them. But I use all of my money repairing, so now I can't. I can't. It's like. It's very messy, but I really like it. Like that makes it fun. Like a, uh, it's like a grungy. Like you're like you know you're like scrappers. Like it's like it's like almost like a survival game. Um, sounds, which like is fire fire. sounds like yeah. Fire Emblem. Or at least early. No, no. Even today, even by today's standards, of Fire Emblem. Yeah. Because uh, three houses, you, you have weapons that are they are they have durability points, and the more you use a weapon, and the lower the that point goes, and once it hits zero, it breaks. Yeah. Um. So uh, I'm gonna be playing more of that. I also tried yesterday. Yesterday, today, yesterday, a game called Tyranny. Um, which is a which is a D&D inspired um, isometric RPG like a Diablo or Gauntlet where like a, you're you're over top of the character it's kind of like a smaller character on screen um, and that game the story stuff is really compelling the first 30 minutes of that game is you just picking different options to change the world to the new narrative you're making like there's this big evil overlord he's taking over the world and ask you hey during this battle did you help these people or did you help these people when these people came to this town did you help them or did you do this and like it weaves like its own area so you can replay it multiple times to get a bunch of different outcomes that's really great 
I hate the gameplay. I don't like playing the game. And it's a big problem. Um, and like, it has all the cool, all the cool stuff of like, you know, making choices and um, either in gameplay or in narrative, you know, like, oh, you can be intimidating or you can be charming and that affects things. But just the gameplay, I'm not digging it. So I, I, I just don't know if I can stick with it considering there's so many games I could play. All this is on Game Pass, so I'm playing it all for free. So it doesn't even matter. <laughs> uh, Game Pass is the best, baby. Um, <laughs> Uh, so that's that's been mostly my week. Uh, it was my birthday this week, so I spent a day hanging out with my friends. Happy doing birthday! Happy birthday! Uh, hey, so, uh, go to the comic book store. Happy birthday! I love you. I will. Uh, I can't go tomorrow because it's closed. Uh, well, but I whenever you can. Happy birthday! I love you. I love you too. Um, so I did that. Um, I played video games with you guys. Um, the medium came out on Xbox Game Pass, so I'm going to be starting that next week, uh, or maybe tomorrow. I don't know. Turns out tired. I'm not to work, but uh, I didn't know. I forgot that game was coming for free, and apparently that game's like Silent Hill, and people seem to really like yeah, it. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard a lot about that game. I yeah. was actually going to ask, do we basement arcade? arcade. Oh, <laughs> maybe. We'll talk about that. Hell yeah, maybe, maybe new spooky Silent Hill game coming soon. But uh, it looks really cool. It's getting a lot of good reviews. Um, I, I completely forgot it came out on my birthday, and I'm like, oh cool, it's free. And then the, the, that's it, baby. I think that's it. All right. Well, that'll be it. Then why don't we get into our bread and butter? BD. Okay. So to start, we actually have some sad news. Boy, do we. What a week. Boy, this sucks. This sucks so, so much. This week, we lost uh, screen legend Forrest Leachman, mm-hmm. uh, who passed away this week at the age of 94. She was just in Crudes, right? She was. And on the crew, yeah. I have a tiny little story about Cloris Leachman. It's a good one. So, way back in 2009, I was at the Rose Parade, and it was, and one of my friends I went with, her dad had a Trojan costume because the USC Trojans were playing the Penn State Nittany Lions in the Rose Bowl game that day. And as tradition during the Rose Parade, both schools would go by, and I didn't know that she was the marshal. So, of course, I dressed up, I'm wearing a Trojan costume. And when Cloris Leachman comes by in her uh, on her float, she looks right at me, points and and laughs and says, "That is awesome. You go, young man. Fight on. You go." And I was Aww. like, "Oh my god, she knows me. That's cool. <laughs> That's cute." Yeah, I will uh, always remember Cloris. It was she, I never talked to her. I mean, I never got to go up and talk to her like like, "Oh, thanks. I love your work." Because I do recognize her from uh, Beer Fest. Mm-hmm. Yes, but. That was just like, man, I'll never. That's one of those things that I'll never forget. That I know, what a, I know, beer, all of the things, beer fest, Oscar winning actress. Yeah, yeah, I love it. That was um, that was the one thing I recognized her from. And then as she, I started, as I got older and watched more things, I'm like, oh, hey, I know that's Cloris yeah. Leachman. And people would go, who? Yeah, she is in my favorite comedy of all time, Young Frankenstein. Yeah, she's yeah. man, she, that's oh, I first time I saw that, I was just like, I, what, what a knockout. Uh, I still will recommend for many reasons, but Cloris Leachman is a big one. Raising Hope. It's a fantastic mm-hmm. show to go through. Yeah. Uh, she is on that and great. Um, the fact <laughs> that she kept busting out that kind of comedy at her age, that she kept working until she died yeah. <laughs> is amazing. Uh, this woman would not be stopped. She continued doing what she loved. Mm-hmm. She um, won Emmys for the Mary Tyler Moore show and it's spinoff that starred her. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. Like, she she was uh, unique and a fantastic spirit, and I'm so glad that she got to do as many things as she did. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad that she got the crazy Thunder Sisters role that was <laughs> yeah. hers in Prudes 2 before she passed. Absolutely. Uh, she lived a long, 
amazing career and it's all the more impressive because from when i was young she was already old and she just kept uh doing things uh my earliest memory of Cloris Leachman is a weird one, which is why I want to bring it up because she passed. And it's, it's the thing that made me honestly like her so much because she was so weird in it. But it's a Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen film. Oh. Uh, I think it's called Double... Bubble, Double Trouble. Double Trouble. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. And it's the where they're... They, they're afraid that she's a witch and she's like their great aunt or something. <laughs> and she's like talking to them through a mirror in creepy ways and things. And I'm like, poor sweet Pleatron, what are you doing? <laughs> so she just always stuck with me from that. And then I recognize her in all kinds of things like Young Frankenstein and all that. But but that's my my earliest memory, of course, Leachman. She was just so bizarre. I definitely saw that. old lady and she's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, she's done so much great stuff. Uh, I... I just, I adore her. I'm sad that she passed, yeah. but she lived a long life. Every right. time I would see Cloris Stageman on screen, I would just think, it's like, man, this woman is having a blast at whatever she's doing. Look, I'll be real with you. I like Betty White. I think Betty White's great. I feel like Cloris Leachman gets underrated in comparison to Betty White. Oh. I think Be I think Cloris Leachman is the true long-lasting female icon of comedy that everybody kind of pretends Betty White is. Uh, yeah. I'll agree with that, actually. Cloris yeah. yeah. um, Leachman has, was in uh, an episode of, uh, of Girl Meets World. Look, yes, absolutely. Look, the, the main reason I say that is, like, I'd say half of everything that Betty White has done in the last two decades is her being some eccentric version of Betty White. Yeah. And that's, that's like, what it is. Cloris Leachman has played characters and continued to create funny new characters all the way up to her passing. Uh, she deserves her icon fame. Sure. I agree. When I watched that episode of Girl Meets World with Cloris Leachman in it, and then she passes the bakery on to... She um, dies in the, her second episode. She dies. Yeah. She dies, and then it's like, it's not my bakery. I'm dead. It's like, oh, Cloris Leachman, no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. We're not done. Cicely Tom... Jesus, I did it again. Cicely Tyson. Passed away this week at 96. Talk about losing two female icons of film and television in a week. Yeah. Brutal. Brutal week. Yeah. 96 I, uh, years old. Not not bad, though. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I'm i less familiar with her work, but I, I saw tons of people on Twitter and Instagram sharing. Like, she was, like, really involved in, like, theater. Uh, like, Journey Smell Light posted something about, like, a really sweet thing about it. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, like, yeah, bad week for losing legends. Super, super important black icon. Yeah. Uh, for starters. Um, the, the I read I read that she never never took uh, roles of, like, maids and housewives. Like, she was always like, I'm not I'm not a maid. I'm not, like, a witch. I'm, I'm, I'm playing characters. And, like, that, like, hard line she she uh, she held. Uh, and she still was such an amazing, had such a breadth of work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the things, uh, that I, I remember her from, uh, the strongest is probably Roots, um, okay, yeah. where she appeared, uh, uh, that when, when I saw her passing, that all kind of brought it back and I'm like, oh my gosh. And I had to go back and I'm like, yes, I remember that. Um, yeah. Tight, Titan of, Titan of, uh, black television and film. Um, mm. just, just as much a shame. I, I wish I were more as familiar as i am with cloris leachman but i'm yeah. not yeah um so i can't speak to such breath but but i am sad that she passed and then finally uh jeanette mouse uh 
passed away this week at the age of 39 after yeah. an eighth this is crazy after an eight month battle with colon cancer she suffered from Crohn's disease for many years and she had COVID last year that's a bad, this, a bad recipe yeah this one uh, for those of you who don't know she is one of the uh, witches in she, yeah. village. she does the like the voice the voice capture and the motion capture for one of the witches in Resident Evil 8 and various other Capcom things like she's she's relatively kind of She's been working for a while, but this is like her most profile video game thing. Mm -hmm. She was becoming bigger. But she was so young. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah especially since, I mean, A, the game's not out yet, but I mean, just to hear that she was she was 39. Yeah. That's really young. And just to hear how she passed away. Like, too young. Yeah, way too young and just to hope, just sad. I mean, partially, I mean, what I know if I do play Resident Evil 8, let's be honest, I probably will now. Once I get to the scene, I see her character that she voiced and like, uh, uh, I, I can't wait, movie, but also I can't it's sad. Like I'm, it's, I can't wait to to get my blood drained by her her vampire lady. I can't wait. It's sad. Yeah, it's too bad. Uh, lost a lot of lost uh, some tragic people. Yeah. Week. Okay. Uh, moving on to some some more more happy news. I'll be honest, this is not my best work as far as the news goes. Um, but here we go. We're going to talk about Tomb Raider now. Wait a minute, Brandon. Are you telling me you're the person who makes the news every week? No, I. I'm, I Yes. Um, <laughs> no, it's not my best work as far as our rundown goes. It could have oh, okay. better. Gotcha. Um, but we're talking about Tomb Raider now. Tomb Raider had a big week. Uh, wild week. Uh, uh, I'm going to start here, even though this was kind of the last thing that came out. Um, Crystal Dynamics has said they are working on a fourth game, uh, a fourth Tomb Raider game that will seek to unify, they use that word specifically, uh, the original continuity and the new continuity, the Survivor the Survival Trilogy. Um, it, they're way they're years away from announcement, but it was kind of nice after finishing the game to be like, oh, good, I have another one to look forward to eventually. So you know what this immediately, what I immediately think is going to be happening here, yeah, is that uh, they're just going to remake that first game, the with very their, first with their Lara Croft, yeah, with, with their yeah. Lara Croft, because that game everyone's like, when where's the dinosaurs at? I'm like, it's Lara Croft one, play Lara Croft, play the first Tomb Raider games, dinosaurs in that game, you guys. Um, I think with how crazy those games progressively get, the the newer games, mm -hmm. you can absolutely do, you can remake that first game with beautiful the beautiful graphics of the PS5 and well realized Lara Croft that wasn't there in that first game, uh, mm -hmm. and make all that stuff even better. Like that seems like the smart thing to do, really. Yeah. Uh, uh, I really like this Lara Croft, and so yeah. if they are going to continue with her and do that, I'm I'm on board. Hell yeah! Yeah, I think that like with like specific specifically like with the success of the Resident Evil games, and there's how many remakes are coming out, like the Final Fantasy VII remake. Like you can make those games again and make them better than they were before. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just like, I I would kill to play that first game again and not have it look like a piece of shit. Uh, they, they did. To be fair, they did change the continuity in the survival trilogy uh, slightly, so they'd have to change it up again for the new. Well, of course, game. but like but that first game, she's already established as the Tomb Raider. Like, it yeah. could just be a new adventure starting with that first game again. Yeah, I'm, I'd be down. You know what? Yeah, it's been. I'd be down for a brand new Tomb Raider. Never or played. No, brand uh, remade Tomb Raider yeah. one. I'd be I'll say you got three games. Man. <laughs> They're good games. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah I'm, I'm on board. Uh, I'm, I'm hopeful. All right. Then uh, we heard Ben Wheatley was directing, uh, writing and directing Tomb Raider 2, the Alicia Vikander sequel. Um, now he's left. No Bye. reason given. And uh, Misha Green, who is the showrunner and writer 
and the director of the first episode of Laugh of Lovecraft Country. Woo! And also the showrunner of Underground. 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 Uh, real quickly on Lara Croft, uh, Grayson Liv says, absolutely give me the same spirit of these new ones without the polygons and keep the sexualization out of it all with the overly large polygons and I'm down. Yeah, me you too. Get it, Grayson. Yeah. You get so yes, Misha Green will write and direct the new Tomb Raider movie. This is uh, trading up in a big way. Yeah. I'm yeah. so happy that it's a lady. I'm so happy that that lady is Misha Green. <laughs> yeah. I'm so happy that she's not only writing, but she's directing as well. Oh, yeah. I think this is a great venture for her. Uh, I think that movie's probably going to kick a lot of ass yeah. now. And it's he also and- tweeted, I can't tell if Rise or Shadow are my favorite of the two, but I'm super excited to do one. Hey, oh, it's amazing. Um, yeah, this is really cool, man. Like, uh, we all like that that first movie. Like, uh, it's not like groundbreaking or anything, but it's a pretty fun adventure movie. Um, it is, yeah. And, and, like, they announced a sequel, but, like, you know, with how things are, like, we weren't sure if it was going to happen. It's happening. We and, just got to wait for her to have that baby. And, and, uh, and Alicia Vikander always deserved to come back yeah. as Laura Croft because she good. was great. Yeah. Uh, I'm so happy Misha Green is at the helm of this. I have so, like, my, my excitement and belief and faith in this has skyrocketed ever since she's attacked. Do they make it supernatural? Because it wasn't in the first one. Uh, now that it's Misha, Misha, Misha Green, Green says yes. Yeah. Yeah. Baby, give me weird monsters. Now that Misha Green is attached, I'm sure they're going to bring it, bring in the supernatural elements that was missing oh, yeah. from that first movie. Um, yeah, her being attached just makes me super excited. She's uh, going to be like, uh, we're going to make this weird. I don't care how we make it yeah. weird. It, it, we're making it weird. It does kind of suck that, like, when a female when a, when a woman d- does anything in the nerd realm she has to like prove herself so her first tweet was saying like what her favorite tomb raider games are saying that she's played them for years it, it sucks that she has to that you don't get that from a guy but you have to get that from a girl being like hey don't yeah. worry guys i played these games yeah, yeah. but it, the it, fact it, that she didn't it wouldn't matter she's a dope director yeah but the fact that she did play rise and shadow um the, she did play the Survivor trilogy, which these new movies are based. Uh, it does make me excited that we're going to see some of that, some of that Rise of the Tomb Raider or Shadow of the Tomb Raider storyline show up in the movie. Man, I might just start Rise of the Tomb Raider now. This is getting me excited. Yeah, <laughs> man, I got it for free. I never played it. I never beat it. Um, yes, that is not the only Tomb Raider news, though. We still oh, got yeah. one more. Uh, as Legendary Entertainment and Netflix have announced that they have partnered with DJ2 Entertainment. If you don't know who they are, that's fine. They're doing the My Friend Pedro series based on the game. Not out yet. Okay. Uh, and they did the animation for Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, oh okay. okay. I mean, the yeah. new movie. That's the a movie. good. That's good CG. Yeah. They are going to do a series called Lara Croft Tomb Raider, which is set after Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Uh, Tasha Huo will write and executive produce the series. She is currently working on The Witcher Blood Origins. Cool. So they must believe in that thing so much to give her this thing then. Cool. Yeah. Um, no word if the voice actress from uh, the, the Tomb Raider film, uh, Tomb Raider games will, sh- will show up. Oh, man, but she's, I got think she's got it, right? Yeah, yeah right. If, if, it's, if it's continuing the games, there's no reason not to. <laughs> and that's wild to me that, they're, that there's like, there's three Tomb Raider continuities now. There's the movies, the, the, the games, and now the animated show, which is spun off from the games. Yeah, that's, that's really funny. <laughs> I'm what into it, time. man. Give it to me. Yeah. What a time to be alive. Yeah, that's that's a uh, that's that's pretty cool. I, Laura Cross, I'm get that resurgence back. She deserves to be around more. I get finished that. Shadow of the Tomb Raider on Tuesday, and on Wednesday, this news came out. I'm like, hell yeah! What a great day. Maybe you do make the news. 
maybe. Um, yeah, the fact that it's continuing the story from from Shadow of the Tomb Raider, the games aren't going to be revisited. They're going to be held as backstory is awesome. I think that's a great way to address this and like do Tomb Raider stories, uh, adapt games, make new ones, like whatever. In an animated format, should be cool. Yeah. Oh, real quick, this is kind of out of nowhere. Um, uh, Hitman 3 came out this week, and we talked about how hit, how they were, uh, the guys, Io, they're going to make the next James Bond game, right? Yeah. Hitman 3, um, some people like it and some people not, not like it less for this reason, but Hitman 3 is a much more narratively focused open world like sandbox game. And some of the shit that they're doing in there, like, oh my God, these guys are going to be to make the best James Bond ever. Like the first mission, it's like you, you're you literally like parachuting onto the tallest building in Dubai and then you take off the parachute and you're into a tux and then you're just into a party. And I'm like, that's Bond. That's another effort. It's James Bond, baby. So like, <laughs> that makes me really excited. Like all this cool stuff's happening. I love it. Hitman was their audition. It, for real, it was, yeah. yeah. Okay, that was not the only animated series that was announced as we now are into a bunch of TV show news. Uh, that's not the only animated series that was announced uh, the same day Netflix announced they have partnered with Legendary Entertainment again with Powerhouse Animation, the animation studio behind Castlevania and Blood of Zeus. Nice. To do an animated series, an anime series specifically called Skull Island about a shipwrecked crew, an island of monsters, and one king to rule them all. What? So this will be an official anime entry into the MonsterVerse. Do we have a time period? Uh, I assume prequel. But yeah. I don't know. I assume like between Kong, Skull Island, and Godzilla. Sorry, that's what I meant. Yeah, would it be like, yeah, would it be before that? Would it be, gotcha, yeah. It would be after Kong, Skull Island. Yeah. yeah. That's I mean, I don't, it could be, we don't know how, how Godzilla versus Kong ends. It could be after. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's dope. I didn't know this was happening. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah, the fact that they were like, "This is MonsterVerse. This is a, this is continuing the MonsterVerse." Beautiful. It's it's nice to know that the MonsterVerse will have something more. Yeah. Uh, even if Godzilla versus Kong is the end film. Nice. That yeah. makes me real excited, man. That that is such a good production team. Yeah, powerhouse rules. And it's mm -hmm. gonna be, you know, so it probably might be a little bit more adult than the MonsterVerse, but might they might have to tone it down? Who knows? I think it just just I think it'd be it could be completely gory, violent, yeah. like. But it's like so cool to see like we're going to get more about what what kind of creatures are on Skull Island. Um, seeing Kong in animation would be really fun. Um, it, it, it depends because like if you if you still want the monster versus <laughs> going, you want kids to be able to watch, like you want young yeah. adults to be able to watch uh, the MonsterVerse show. If you want to keep the MonsterVerse going, because yeah. you want them to be able to watch it and then go see another movie related to it. That's true. I imagine it'll be PG thirteen. I I don't think they'll make a kids. I don't think it'll look like Primal. I'll say that. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's what. Here's my thing. Uh, Powerhouse. After watching all of the seasons of Castlevania, I haven't gotten to Blood of Zeus yet. Yet, but from what I've seen, I am so stoked because this is the the type of giant monster fights that was that we thought we were gonna get when the Netflix Godzilla movies were announced, and we never got. Mm. I am down to see some giant, some King Kong beating the ever loving crap out of some skull crawlers in beautiful animation. I am here for it. You know yeah. what I was also thinking is that if Toho doesn't want to go forward with the Godzilla license to Legendary, uh, to Legendary Warner Brothers, they could pull it or they or it could lapse. Who knows? Um, the MonsterVerse could continue with Kong. Like it's yeah. our property. It's true. That's true. Um, so the we'll MonsterVerse could to, just live on. We'll just have to never. Never mention Godzilla again, like like he's Betty Ross. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, um, but that's cool. And a lot of people are saying like they should just do a Monarch series, which this could be. These could be yeah. Monarch people stranded. So who knows? All right, guys. Guess what's guess what's happening? Guess what's happening? 
What's happening? Sandman. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Sandman released their their cast, their initial cast, I should say. I'm sure there'll be more announced soon. Um, Neil Gaiman and Netflix announced who was going to be in Sandman. So here it is. Tom uh, Sturridge will play Dream, the lead character. Gwendolyn Christie, who we knew had been cast, will play Lucifer. Uh, Charles Dance will play the Corinth. Uh, sorry, Roderick Burgess. The Corinthians played by Bo- by Boyd Holbrook. Boyd Holbrook rules. Uh, Vivian Achiampong, sorry, will play a gender-swapped character, Lucienne, who's Lucian in the comics. Mm-hmm. Um, Sani- Sa- Sanjeev uh, Baskar and Asim uh, Chaudhry will play Cain and Abel, respectively. That's cool. Yeah, uh, yeah man. Um, I haven't read Sandman in a while. Uh, I, I just picked up a volume one like a, a while ago. Um, I can't. I can't believe it's happening. It's a. I poor Joseph Gordon Levitt tried to get that thing off the ground for years, then they had to drop it. Now it's on Netflix. But this it's, project uh, has been in development hell for so long. Like yeah. like twenty years. I feel like yeah. yeah. Um, this is dope, man. Sandman is re- like really not just one of the best comics, but like one of like the the deepest and most surreal. And it's like it's one of those that's like yeah. almost unfilmable. Like it's about the concepts <clears> of death and, and like life. And I'm like, they're doing it. Cool. Now, never forget that uh supernatural is born out of eric kripke going i want to do sandman and then being like no and he's like all right well i'm gonna make something that's kind of like sandman i think <laughs> louise supernatural? supernatural yeah uh, okay yes yeah wow all right eric you, know, you remember when eric kripke uh when he left supernatural and was announced he's going to do a dead man tv series oh, oh yeah yeah that would work yeah uh neil gaiman is obviously executive producing the series uh with alan heinberg and David Goyer, Sweet. Uh, Alan Heinberg is also serving as showrunner. Bro, that's so good. He's the dopest. Uh, Tom Tom Sturridge is great choice for Dream. Um, yeah, I'm really pumped about this whole cast. Yeah, I think uh, this whole setup is great. I can't excited. wait to see Gwendolyn Christie. Uh, Gwendolyn Christie be like super evil. The know, first, the first is woman to play Lucifer. The, it's the first woman to play Lucifer. Okay, so you read who's Red Salmon? Ryan's Red Salmon, right? I haven't read it in a long time. Do you remember Lucifer? No. Lucifer is currently airing on Netflix. Yeah, I was going to say, I remember Lucifer, the other Lucifer. <laughs> Here, the Ben, uh, the Constantine Lucifer is similar, I feel. Okay. What's the name? Who played Lucifer and Constantine? The guy uh, we know. Oh, oh, sorry. Oh, uh, I know it. I know it. I know it. Uh, Peter Stormare. Peter Stormare. Yes. Okay. He's good. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, related, uh, the Audible series that Sandman just recently put out will be getting two new seasons. Cool. So a lot cool. of Sandman out right now. People like it. Top book. All right. Speaking of the Witcher Blood Origin, Jodie Turner Smith. Kind of. Has, well, you know, up there. I know. I got you. Uh, up like it's scrolling, like you're scrolling the video. No, I understand. Um. Okay. The Witcher Blood Origin uh, casts Jodie Turner-Smith as an elite warrior blessed with the voice of a goddess uh, who has left her, can- her her clan and position as Queen's Guardian to follow her heart as a nomadic musician. A grand reckoning on the continent uh, forces her to return to the way of the blade in her quest for vengeance and redemption. I'm into it. Yeah. This, well, is, the, this is the show that's going to be set 1,200 years before The Witcher. I was going to oh. say, like, I don't know who that character is, so it's cool. Apparently, this this timeline has never been 
explored in the Witcher books or games. Cool. I'm 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 in, I'm into Uncharted territory. The Witcher know. High Republic. There you go. <laughs> yeah, for real though. Um, yeah, it sounds really cool. Uh, uh, the show synopsis basically talks about how like the world of elves and monsters hasn't been split yet from men, so like it's all like I'm excited. One combobulated mess. And there's like an anime movie coming out for The Witcher too. Like The Witcher rules, guys. It does. Okay, Ryan, you like hey. Vikings? I was heavy into Vikings for like about six weeks. Yes. Okay. Well, get ready to go back. I'm so excited for this. With Vikings Valhalla, uh, which is going to be a spiritual successor to the TV show Vikings on a, on a History Channel. Uh, the series takes place around 100 years after the events of the History Channel series and features legendary historical figures such as Norse explorer Leif Erikson and the Danish king Canute. 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 Yep. I uh, love it. Uh Canutes, yeah, I haven't finished Vikings, but like all those characters are dope. Give me all them, all of their grandsons and shit. I'm into it. Uh, the cast has been announced with a lot of people that I cannot. Don't, don't even. They're all, they're all like European Nordish actors and stuff. Like, don't yeah. even. Yeah, I'm not. They're all great. Can't wait. A lot, a lot of great actors, a lot of people in the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, Vikings creator Michael Hurst will serve as an executive producer alongside showrunner and lead writer Jeb Stewart. Who wrote Die Hard and The Fugitive? That's nice. I'm excited. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Michael Hurst, though, he is developing a TV series based on the recently made uh, public domain story, The Great Gatsby. I was like, I was wondering who was going to be the first to get it. Yeah, me too, actually. <laughs> uh, he will be directing it, or will be uh, producing a miniseries based on the book from A&E Studios and ITV Studios America. Uh, does not have a network yet but he's doing it good for him so that's what i saw i was at barnes and noble the other day and i saw a poster for nick it was like before the great gatsby i'm like hmm, that's weird public yeah. domain baby public domain yeah. now how many people were waiting on that on those great gatsby fan fan comic fan books um, uh that book rules i really like that book um yeah. I think that was like my favorite that I read throughout all high school that, you know, when they forced us to read books for yeah. class, that was my favorite one. Uh, I, I could give, I, I saw the Robert, Robert Redford, Great Gatsby movie. That movie rules. I don't need another one. Uh, I don't need the Leonardo DiCaprio one. Um, I don't give a shit about another Great Gatsby adaptation unless it's something stupid like sci-fi or like a hundred years in the past or like some, some like the Great Gatsby. I don't need another, I don't need a, an A&E drama that's 12 seasons. Just give me something that's like Great Gatsby in twenty five hundred eighty. Well, it's a miniseries, to be fair. I don't want it. I don't need oh it. Oh my god! Oh my god! Like Sherlock Holmes in the twenty second century. Like Great that's Gatsby that. is dethawed in the twenty fifth century. Uh, <laughs> I, I will. I will kind of agree that like uh, I think Great Gatsby is a good book, um, but I don't think that we need to like ring it out like you're trying to get all the water out of a rag into a miniseries. It's a book that's translated just fine into a film. Yeah. There's not so much that you have to just expand and expand into oh, a miniseries. It's uh, not necessary. Seth Graham Smith will write like a, a Pride and Prejudice and Zombies version. Like the Great Gatsby, but with like like gargoyles or some shit. <laughs> the Great Gargoyles. Yeah. Seth Graham Gatsby. Smith, if you're watching. Where what are you doing? What are you doing? What happened? You were directing the Flash movie and you got taken off. What happened, bro? Great Goblin. We're getting gobblies. Uh, okay, Game of Thrones. Still, HBO still wants you to remember that Game of Thrones is a thing. Mm -hmm. uh, HBO Max is apparently in the early stages of developing an animated series. That's okay. all there is. 
Okay. Cool. Just another announcement. Another log on that Game of Thrones fire, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just, just give us that Dragons prequel. See how that goes. If that goes well, and then maybe you can do the more more stuff. But yeah. See, it's not I like think- The Witcher, where like The Witcher has like a really great first season and like a bunch of great games. Mm-hmm. Like people want more Witcher, but like you got to prove. You got to prove that one, a one Game of Thrones show can end nicely before you start throwing <laughs> well, I, it at us like poop. I feel that I mean I saw this off. I saw someone tweet this, and I actually really agree with this with this opinion. But I feel that in the future, these college theses will be written about the cultural impact of a show and how hard a fan base will drop if an ending is bad. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. it's already happening. Ben, I can tell you that's already happening. I've seen it. Spoiler isn't the first big pop culture show to have a bad ending. It's happened literally maybe once a year. No, but I realize I I know that. But like, what I think to kind of like cherry pick what Ben is talking about the 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 cultural implosion of of uh, of Game of Thrones is so fascinating for for thesis Mm -hmm. papers. Uh, Just the biggest thing in pop culture history, and then nobody talked about it. Yeah, that's what happens when you shit something out. Uh, do we? Uh, I'm gonna ask you on air. Do we want to talk about the Harry Potter TV series that's not happening? Uh, do we think it's happening? Well, it's, they confirmed it's not. HBO, like Warner Brothers, came out and said we're not, we're not doing this. Then no. Oh, then no. Cool. Okay. No. Um, nobody wants it anyway. No. Uh, there we was a th- on Warner Brothers for knowing, like you know, maybe <laughs> we shouldn't. Yeah. Make five more Game of Thrones things, but you know, maybe not that one. Yeah. Uh, well, they still got Fantastic Beasts. You know what? I thought it was going to be like the 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 confirmation from Warner Bros. Is gonna be like it's a Fantastic Beast spinoff because we're always looking at HBO Max spinoff potential. I'm gonna poop. I'm gonna vomit out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, it could also have just been a feeler where people are just like, "Will people want this?" No. Okay, we're not doing this. <laughs> the answer is no. It's going to be no for a long time. <laughs> uh, okay, Buck Rogers. George Clooney has attached is now attached to executive produce the limited series Buck Rogers, written by Brian K. Vaughn. Hmm. Um, he may in fact star in it also. I I could watch a I could watch like a like a like an an old man Buck Rogers TV show. Hell yeah. George Clooney is a very charming actor. I can, but specifically George Clooney's like just the I love George Clooney and I want him to like do big big stuff, big boy stuff. Yeah, I agree. Okay, Titans, the TV series Titans on DC Universe, sorry, HBO Max. Um, Jay Lycurgo, I'm sorry, Lycurgo? Yes. Uh, has been cast as Tim Drake, the third Robin. Cool, that's cool. Um, um, he He's in the Batman as like random goon number seven. Yeah. Uh, like if you watch the trailer, he's like one of the goons that's crying. So it's cool that like he's in two different Batman properties at the same time. Uh, also, this is like it's gonna be a it's gonna be a Tim Drake of color. So like that's super cool too. Um, yeah. I, I keep selling Tart Sparks. We're gonna get back to it eventually. We almost finished season two. Like season two is a marked improvement over season one. Yeah, it's just you know you got distracted. It's in no way that the season two was bad. No, yeah. I don't even remember why we got distracted, but we got distracted. Yeah, but like you got Bar- you got Babs coming in, you got you got Tim Drake, like like he's Nightwing. Spoilers, we I know we haven't finished the season, but he's Nightwing now, like Dick Dick Grayson. So like I'm I'm once that season three starts coming out, I am happy to jump back in. Jason Todd is going to be Red Hood in this coming. Jason season. Todd's in there, absolutely, yeah. Um, I, I made the comment. I don't watch the show, so uh, yeah, I could be way off base, but like I made the comments, like it feels like this Batman goes through more Robins than the New Fifty Two. <laughs> well, it was just. Oh yeah. Oh, it, it makes me wonder. Yeah, because I because he because uh, uh, Jason Todd is Robin in season two. So I wonder 
oh, it's because I think he dies in season two and he becomes Jason Todd, like the Red Hood. I think that's what it is. So he is, per, it's very, it's very quickly, Brandon. You are right. He does yeah. go to Robins very quickly. Because remember the joke was that because of the five-year time gap between Justice League Origins and everything in the New 52, which was ridiculous, oh, okay. yeah. that it was like, oh, what is this, a Robin a year? And I'm like, they are that's doing a Robin a year. That's a good point, yeah. Uh, I think there's room for Tim Drake to have existed as Robin before Jason. I'd have to go back to my Titans continuity to, to yeah. be certain of that, but I think there is room for that. Yeah. Well, because we know that like Dick left a long time ago and did Titans round one, yeah. which went poorly. Yes. Then he tried to go back to hang out with Batman and uh, that was bad. And yeah. he's like, no, nah, I'm going to go be a detective. I'm a detective. Man. Yeah. Okay. Titans Movie. timeline is honestly a little confusing. Okay. Movies. Uh, Godzilla vs. Kong has been pushed. Early. To March 31st. Oh. oh, oh well. So only like four days. <laughs> oh, wow. Why? Oh, wow. Four days. <laughs> they get the whole weekend, I guess. I don't know. I got, hold on. I actually got to mark my calendar for this. Keep going. Yeah, I know. I did the same thing. I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Do it again. All right. Anyway, uh, Borderlands. Kevin Hart has been cast as Roland in the film adaptation of Borderlands, who is an ex-soldier turned mercenary. Yeah, Borderlands is dope. I love that franchise. This is a interesting casting choice because you should be casting somebody like The Rock and the cast of Kevin Hart. So the director- I got said, the wrong one. No, for real. Like uh, the writer said like, or, or it was the producer, somebody said in an interview that this is, the, this is going to be one of the most different Kevin Hart performances you've ever seen. And I do believe that. Uh, I do think like if we go off like uh, Jumanji, right? Like he, he does have range sometimes. It's just he's normally playing like Kevin Hart. Um, I wonder if we're gonna, if he's like beefing up right now. Next time we see him, he's gonna be like Kumail Nanjiani and like two hundred pounds of muscle. Five foot two. He is friends with Dwayne Johnson. He is friends with Dwayne Johnson. Um, that man, that Borderlands movie, guys. Like I texted you like a while ago. Um, apparently that script is like incredible, and they got a, the Eli Roth directing it. Kate Blanchett's in it. Like that, it seems like it might be a winner. Uh, uh, the, the writer of Chernobyl. The writer yeah. of Chernobyl. Yeah, yeah. Um, and The Last of Us TV show. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Borderlands might shape up to be dope. What a crazy concept. Could yeah. Borderlands be the first great superhero film? Uh, comic book film? Yeah. What are they called? Video games. We'll find yeah. out after Mortal Kombat comes out. You're right. Mortal Kombat's next. Yeah. I hope that's the first great one. Dude, I, I, I can't handle it if that's, uh, if that's bad. I don't know. Like, so it'd, be, it'd be cool if they're like good, but like, wouldn't it be cool if like the first good uh, video game movie was a Mortal Kombat? And the first great video game movie was a Mortal Kombat? Oh, God, keep it in the line, keep it in the family. Yeah. That would just, oh, that would just make me happy. All right, guys, we've heard about so many characters coming back for Spider Man, the third MCU Spider Man movie, live action Spider Verse. We've heard so many, but one, the one that everyone's talking about, everyone wants to, wants to come back is not. Sorry, Dane DeHaan will what, not be uh, returning as Harry Osborn. Whatever, <laughs> like, I mean, yay! The one I, character who's alive at the at the end of their movie. I, I, That's I'm, true. I'm not shocked if I'm being honest. I mean, like, yeah. Excuse I me, while I try to find the thing I use to care about that. Uh, I don't expect. Care. I don't expect to go to the Osborn well from I either run before. Yeah. Uh, I I don't think that they want to do anything to even tip off. Tom Holland, Peter Parker towards the Osborne. Because they're going to do their own thing with Osborne. Because they're going to do yeah. their own thing with Osborne. So, so I don't expect any of them to show up. Yeah. Although well, I do there like... There's a rumor that Willem Dafoe is coming back, though. I, no way. No. Nah. I do like his tweet about saying, he's like, guys, even my mom asked me about this. No, I'm not in the movie. 
Yeah. 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 That's where the news came from. Um, so yeah, boohoo. It's funny to me that like the lizard and and Green Goblin are the only two heroes or the only two villains that are alive at the end of their movies, and they're the only ones not coming back. <laughs> Sandman's not coming back unless he is. We heard rumors that he's coming back. Did we? Yeah. Dude, I, we've heard rumors about everybody. Every character. I, <laughs> I just think it's funny. It is funny. Like um, trying to see what sticks. Yeah. I wanted to bring this up because I thought this was kind of cool. Uh, Ryan Reynolds opened up to what the original script for Deadpool 3 was going to be before the Disney Fox merger, mm-hmm. um, saying that it was going to be a road trip between Wade and Logan. Old man Logan. Old man Logan. Oh. Uh, I'm kind of glad it's not happening. I'll be see, honest. Uh, see, I am conceptually, I am really into it, but I it would take away from Logan the movie, and yeah. I do not want that at all. Right. I yeah. well, I I I sat there and I went road trip movie with Deadpool sounds good. Did Hugh Jackman know? Because yeah. he was pretty adamant he was done, and I'm like, it'd be cool if you got him back to just play Hugh Jackman for a bit because he said he's done yeah. as Logan. Yeah. So I kind of question how far this would have actually gotten. Um, either way, I, I agree. Uh, I prefer Logan left alone. Yeah, yeah. me too. Um, but it was always, it was always, uh, it was always a fun dynamic to think about what, what uh, Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds would do together. Absolutely. And I stand by, I think it would have been, well, cause we know that they have fun together cause we saw origins Wolverine and yeah. then bantering is pretty much the only good thing in it. Yeah. Um, but I, I still think it would have, I do think Hugh Jackman would have shown up. I still think it's possible he'll show up. Again, I'm not ruling out Hugh Jackman appearing as Hugh Jackman yeah. and Deadpool mistaking him. I just, Logan. Yeah, but, I, but I don't expect him to show up as Logan ever again. Yeah, I, I think the, like, you make so many jokes in Deadpool 2 only to continue, sorry, in Deadpool 1 only to continue it into Deadpool 2, into Deadpool 2. It only makes sense to do more in Deadpool 3. Like, right. even just for, just for fun, like, you, no one's taking it seriously. Like, they don't expect the X-Men to come back in this movie or anything, you know? All right. Pinocchio has cast Luke Evans as the coachman who ferries the the young boys to Pleasure Island. So, uh, another Gaston. To transform them into donkeys. He's like another evil man. Yeah, he is. Another sexy evil man. It's fine with me. I like that guy a lot. Uh, Yeah, like, you know, whatever. So this is the Tom Hanks one. He's in that too. He's Geppetto. Right. Oh boy. Um, Invincible. We're talking about a lot about the animated movie, uh, anime series coming out soon in March. A lot of things in March. Um, and uh, we got confirmation this week that Robert Kirkman and Seth Rogen and um, Evan Goldberg are still working on the live action film. Excuse me. The live action film. I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that. That's incredible. Yeah. No. Oh. (laughs) So. I assumed that Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen went to the animated show, but they're not involved in the animated show at all. They're involved. They're still involved in the live action movie. That's wild. That's yeah. so cool. I, and it's so great that they're not like beholden, like, oh, we can't make the live action mm-hmm. one still. Like, that's still a cool story. And if you feel like you can do it in a, in a different way enough that it's not the same, uh, fine with me, man. Whatever. Robert Kirkman even was like, "There's like, there's Spider Man animation and and movies. Like, you can do this. Absolutely, yeah, yeah." So cool. I think that's cool. Another uh, invincible. There's a Flash TV show and a Flash movie. Hot dog. Well, not yet. <laughs> that that's filming soon. Oh yeah. Okay. Whatever. I'll believe. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let me correct. There's a movie version of Flash. <laughs> True. 
that exists and there's a tv version yeah i will believe that i won't believe that that flash movie is coming until i'm sitting in the theater watching it no, the second the second i see like a behind the scenes still i'm gonna be like no nah, it's photoshopped yeah yeah 100 yeah yeah <laughs> all right cloverfield we talked a lot about cloverfield once in a when cloverfield paradox ran around uh came around um ben hates cloverfield hates them all kill it with fire he says god well, Ben, there's a fourth Cloverfield movie coming. We've heard about this before that J.J. Abrams announced a little while ago that he was um, making a true sequel from the ground up to Cloverfield. Joe Barton, who is the current showrunner on the Batman prequel series on HBO Max, uh, has been brought on to write this sequel movie. So it is happening. Cool. Now, is it going to be an actual monster movie? Or are they going to try to pull the rug out from under us again and make it a creepy alien movie again? Sounds like a monster movie if it's a sequel to Cloverfield. It, 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 it sounds like it sounds like a movie to make make the ending of Cloverfield Paradox make sense. Maybe I I still I still I think that first Cloverfield movie still is really good. I think that movie's excellent. Um, and that second one, uh, uh, it got turned into a Cloverfield. Like that whole argument, whatever. I think the Cloverfield uh, franchise is cool. Um, I, I would love to see more of that giant monster. I just want more giant two, monster movies in general. Two of them are hits, and one of them was entertaining enough for me. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I'm not Ben Magnet, so I, I really will enjoy going back to the well. To be honest with you, I, I'd almost rather they just committed hard in the opposite direction. Yeah. Uh, in just, like, we're almost doing like another an, weird like thing that's, that, that, that is Cloverfield anthology rather than, like, all right, all right. Well, like we'll, we'll really go back to Cloverfield. Sorry, I'm guy. with you. I'm with you. I agree they did that too. But also, I'm like, I, I could go for a sequel to Cloverfield. I really like that movie. I love that Quiet Place. It's its own thing. It's fantastic. I can't wait to see the sequel that we still haven't seen, which is crazy. But but I do wish that that was just a Cloverfield project because it just it feels like it would slide right in. And I'm like, that's exactly like you just told me that was related to Cloverfield and that was Cloverfield thing. I'd be like, great, great. I just, I want that bizarre Cloverfield anthology. I don't really want the sensible. Hold on, hold on. Let me explain it. Sorry. Yeah. Ignore 10 Cloverfield Lane. Let's let's get back on track with the continuity here. Aliens. Like, I don't care about that. See, the yeah. aliens were the thing that dropped the Cloverfield monster off. That's how it all makes sense. Except the Cloverfield monster has always lived on Earth and just, was just awoken underneath the when the satellite fell. Unless it wasn't a satellite, it was an alien ship in disguise. I made that oh. up. I'm being serious. What if it's what if it's not a satellite? What if it's the space station from Cloverfield Paradox? Oh, I think that's actually the. I think that was the B. It the might idea. actually be that. Actually, that's the idea there. I Bam! Hate all of this. <laughs> Go check out our Paradox review if you want to hear any nonsense. I hated everything that just came out of your mouth. <laughs> we made it all make sense for you, JJ Abrams. Where's our paycheck? Oh. Take us on Star Wars next. Um, okay, anyway. Um, Take Cloverfield Lane is great. It is. It is great. Take Cloverfield Lane is perfect. It's a good movie. Leave the Cloverfield name out of the goddamn title. Why? It ruined nothing. (laughs) You big baby. It's called an anthology. Get over it. It's an anthology. I did. (laughs) With Ted Cloverfield Lane. When it was when Ted Cloverfield Lane was established to not be done by the giant monster and done by aliens instead, that's when the audience is supposed to go, "Oh, anthology series, cool." Uh-huh. Ben, you're the baby that went to Halloween three season of the witch and went, "Where's Michael Myers? Where's Michael? <laughs> Michael, no." I will, I will, I will say though, if they were going to go with a continuity thing, the thing in Ten Cloverfield Lane should have been the monster. 
yes, yes. And the, the fact that they didn't, didn't is why I'm like, then, then, what you want. then be anthology. And, and yeah. I feel like Cloverfield Paradox made that muddier. And I'm like, please just go hard the other direction. I don't want to try to make everything continuity because now you're making 10 Cloverfield Lane look like the weird one. And it's not the weird one. It's the good one. Or oh, yeah. this conversation, can we please end it? <laughs> Cloverfield, this is a great movie. Okay, Lois Boy. Uh, Netflix uh, had opened up their their own animation house a little while ago, which is how we got Klaus and Over the Moon, which are two excellent animated films. Mm-hmm. They are. Uh, a new one called The Witch Boy, which is going to be a new musical animated series um, from that animation studio, um, based off uh, a series of graphic novels by Molly Knox Ostertag. Um, wait, hold on a second. Grayson lives. Oh, God damn it. Brings us back to Cloverfield. Or oh, what yeah. if it's the gaseous fumes from the human race uh, are the, what actually created the aliens, which made the protozoa that evolved into the monsters? Grayson, don't. You're up great points, Grayson. There you go, Ben. There you go. Now it's all connected, baby. From it. from the fumes came from the slush show factory. Uh huh. Yeah. So yeah, environment, human, man-made monsters. It's all. It's all a circle. Five I will not circle. deny that Ten Cloverfield Lane is a good movie. It is the best. Hold I've on. Ever Wait I a second. Had- it's all a circle if this was the circle. <laughs> you know how deny, I am with circles. I will not deny that on their own the films are okay. Two, one in one in Lane are really good films on their own. It's just when they put the I'm, no, I've explained myself enough. Yes, yeah, you have. Move on. Move on. You guys, you, do you guys know what the Jeremy Barami is? What no. from the good from a from the good place? They uh, they uh, ask. How are we? How are we still in this timeline? How? How? It's like, well, it's because of the Jeremy Barry. It's like, what's that? Well, you see, the flow of time it looks like this, which roughly translates into the which which looks like the curfew spelling of of the words Jeremy Barry. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's like a like a like a like a circle, like Orion circle. Got it. All and, these squares make a circle. And then there's a little dot on top, which is the eye. And he says, "What's the top of the eye?" And he goes, "Oh, that's Tuesdays." <laughs> and and the guy just goes that broke me that doesn't <laughs> line up with it like the next episode is like he's just broken it's great good place is good okay, <laughs> it's this unattached dot that's just tuesdays <laughs> okay so the witch boy will be well, based off the series of graphic novels by molly knox ostertag uh the movie will be directed by minkyu lee sorry it's a movie not a series i don't know why i said series um, will be directed by Minky Minky Lee, who did a short called Adam and Dog, which is Oscar nominated. Yeah. Um, it's going to be adapted by Maria Melnick, who wrote The Escape Room, uh, with music by Haim. Haim, I know that band. That's a good band. Yeah. Um, so the, basically, the, the the plot is when in a world where girls are born witches and boys shapeshifters, a young boy named Aster discovers his own witch abilities and embarks on an adventure to defeat a mysterious evil. Ooh, young adult witch stuff. All right. So it's um, a coming out story. Uh, coming of age? No, coming out. Like coming out as homosexual or oh, okay, gotcha. queer or any other LGBTQ people. Yes, no, I get you, Randy. I get it. <laughs> I just want to, I just want to be inclusive. Yeah. <laughs> I thought when uh, when you said Witch Boy, because there's a DC character called Clarion the Witch Boy, mm-hmm. um, and I was like, oh, they're making a little little DC DC character thing on its own. Nope, different thing. Yeah. 
sounds cool. I like that. So far, the two of those movies, the two movies they put out have been great. So Yeah. And it's a musical, so I'm into that. Yeah. Uh, this looks. This was interesting. I hadn't. I this was not on my radar, and I'm curious if it was on any of yours. One Up, which is a, a movie coming out from Lionsgate and Buzzfeed, it was initially starring um, Elliot Page. Hmm. No, it's a GamerGate movie, which is talking about. Um, oh yeah, okay. So it's it's a movie about uh, women gamers having to like, not necessarily prove themselves, but combat sexism in in the esports um, arenas. Yeah. Um, it's going to be, it's directed by Kyle Newman, who directed Fanboys, uh, way back then. And Julia Yorks wrote the script. Um, Elliot Page has been replaced. This is the news. Elliot Page has been replaced by Ruby Rose. Okay. So Ruby Rose will be playing the professor and their coach in the esports thing as this uh, as this main character, the girl. I forget her name. Um, did I write it down? I didn't. Um, she she um, asked asked like her her best friend and her professor to go into the esports arena and like you know that's how they fight sexism and prove themselves or yeah that was a that was a a, a very hot thing a couple of years ago yeah um anything associated with gate those are all assholes um whether it's comics or video games uh, they're all uh, uh, men who think they're superior over people let's be honest they're the same people they are the same people 100% yes um so it's cool like it's it's interesting to make a whole movie about it um but I mean, I guess it's better than like making a documentary, like tackling the subject. It is a new subject, so I guess that's just why it's weird to talk about that. It's so it's yes. so new, and they're making something about it. That's interesting. Buzz, Buzzfeed um, apparently partnered with Legendary a little while ago. Did I say Lionsgate or Legendary? Lionsgate. Lionsgate with Lionsgate uh, to like make Gen Z and Millennial movies, like tackling things that we are dealing with yeah. from our perspective. That's cool. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely going yeah, to see that movie. Um. Okay. Look, Zack Snyder's Justice League. It's got a date, March eighteenth. Like I told you, March is a crazy month, guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. They he post he put posters where he had the film can. Did you guys see the posters? They're ridiculous. I, unfortunately, I saw that. There's a film I, can with just a signature being like reborn. I'm like, okay, dude, whatever. <laughs> I I bet this is why they pushed uh, Godzilla versus Kong back. So it's yeah. to, give, to give Justice League two weeks of of street cred on HBO Max before Godzilla vs Kong comes in. Yeah, I yeah. hope Godzilla vs Kong blows it out of the water. Of course, <laughs> it's, it's got I it. want Godzilla vs Kong to blast it with atomic with the uh, with um, the atomic breath, stomp on it, tail whip it, and then blast it with atomic fire again, and then just and then just punch, just punch it in its stupid face. That's what I wanted to do. Godzilla can make a fist and punch now. Um, no, Kong will do the punching. I think, yeah, that's definitely why they did it. Why they pushed Godzilla versus Kong to give it that two weeks because um, they would compete normally in any if it was a if it was like a regular two and a half hour movie coming out, they would have competed yeah. anyway. Yeah, they also have a synopsis which I don't want to read. No, okay. okay. Listen, at this point, this isn't like a new movie release. This is yeah. an old movie getting a, a a fresh coat of paint in a way, just a really that's- long coat of paint. That's even what Zack Snyder said. He's like, a yeah, two-hour coat of paint. Yeah, Zack Snyder even says like, this is an old movie that's coming out. Like, I understand this movie; it's like three years old. Yeah, um, yeah, but cool. I'm glad. Look, I'm glad that the people who wanted are getting it. Yes, yeah. some of them anyway. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. All right. 
Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic had some rumors floating around it recently. That I love rumors. I love rumors. <laughs> that an unnamed studio is working on a new game for its 20th anniversary. Hot diggity dog. Um, so there's currently, there's an MMO that's been going on for almost a decade. And they keep releasing new content for it. So that's one surprising because mm-hmm. I figured Disney would have just trashed it once once they bought the star wars stuff but they're actually supporting that game so that's really cool a lot of that canon stuff doesn't matter anymore it's the old old republic like the the 20 year old games um but as we know with the current new movies and stuff they are incorporating a lot of that old stuff into it slowly but surely like revan's mentioned like the fact that revan is like mentioned as like the revan core or whatever it was in ride skywalker revan is like the most essential character of the old republic like that storyline those games are so fun and so cool and establishing that whole whole line of what star wars would become um I'm glad that they're not giving that up because while you have the High Republic, that's still not the Old Republic. The Old Republic is thousands of years in the past. It is so different. It is more. It is more like, it is more like the Wild West in a way. We're just like a, everyone has swords and shit. Like, um, I just love it. I love that. I love that period. I just, I, I hope it's a remake of that first game because like you don't. Those characters are so good. Don't get rid of those characters. Do not, do not, do something brand new when you have such a good uh, core. Knights of the Old Republic is definitely one of the easier legends properties that could be reinterpreted into canon. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and the cool thing about the, the MMO is, and I'm, I've been thinking about picking it back up again because this, I have so much content and like, it takes place hundreds of years after those games. So there's like, there's like, like one of the main Jedi people is like the great granddaughter of one of the main characters from the, the Knights of the Old Republic. And like, it's like seeing that lineage continue on. It's like, we can do this. Like Disney has to, has to believe in their old stuff. And they seem to, they seem to, which is nice. Well, at least Kathleen Kennedy has to kind of give the okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I can see them just just making a a, 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 a even a new game with those characters, uh, but to kind of maybe match a bit more of what they intend to do with the canon of the High Republic, or yeah. um, make it a little bit more different because, like, a lot of those ships look very similar to the ships we see in Star Wars. Yeah that that is a that is a weird technology thing of like so the prequels are out so we can't we it's we can't make things too different from that because it's already so different from the original trilogy it's like yeah you you drive a millennium falcon it's called the ebon hawk it's just a millennium falcon um right yeah yeah, yeah that kind of stuff yeah uh doesn't blend that's all well. design stuff that can get yeah. fixed but like the story yeah. stuff is so good um i i think where where the old republic stuff will struggle with finding the new canon is i don't think that they have collectively decided what the history of the Sith is anymore. Yeah. Um, and that was like very well established in, the, up, in yeah. the old legends, but yeah. now it that that can't all work anymore. Some of it can, but not all of it anymore. And, yeah. and that's where it's gonna get tricky is what they decide what is the history of the Sith? What is the story we're saying? This is the true history of the Sith. How does this work with the Sith as we've interpreted it today? Yeah. Well, even the legends and George Lucas disagreed on the history of the Sith. The Sith and George Lucas's eyes never had a major war with the Jedi. That was stuff that legends people and fan people wanted. That's, that's, that's one of the major ones is that I, I'm sure there's no big, great war. Yeah. Uh, lightsabers there's no keyblade war yeah. between the jedi and the sith and again that's why again like I, i'm gonna spoil a 20 year old game but um <gasps> you you so when you start not not to public you play you play as someone who kind of has who kind of has like amnesia um 
and it turns out that like you you go on this mission for months and months and months and it turns out you are Revan and you are actually the reason that the Jedi are losing and like you don't remember so you can either choose to become Revan again or be a good Jedi and revoke all your old friends and like that shit is like the hardest coolest video game stuff that has ever been made honestly the best way to do it is uh the the MMO may no longer be canon it may just have to go down that way because I just I know that there are some broad elements that that are still tied to that game that I think they do eventually want to lose. Yeah. However, if they are to Final Fantasy VII Remake, mm-hmm. Knights of the Old Republic 1, you can do that oh, idea, God. that story. However, change it. Yeah. You can lose the things that you don't want to be canon anymore, but more or less keep the heart of it. And that way it's it's new for the people who want it to be new, mm-hmm. but it's also new for the people who loved what was there before, but they can get a new experience out of it. You want to play that old game, you still can, but yeah. you can come here and you can play something new. And now you, you get a clearer picture of this is true canon. Yes. They don't have to remake the old game beat for beat. They can keep yeah. what they want and toss out what they don't and create something new. Again, yeah, like, like Final Fantasy VII Resident Evil Remake, like all these games are like, building on the foundations and making them better i think yeah. i think a final fantasy 7 remake specifically because they're like actively like Changing telling stuff. a different story yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh yeah love it I look, I look forward to i hope that this rumor is true i look forward to playing sparks i really appreciate you catching my headphone joke it was cute <laughs> let me cover my ears by putting the thing that makes the audio stronger closer. <laughs> right anyway so the life day treasury holiday stories from a galaxy far far away this is so cool. Um, I'm so excited. It is a new book uh, based around the galaxy's favorite holiday, Life Day, uh, written by Kevin Scott and George Mann with Grant Griffin doing illustrations. Um, the story will span multiple eras of the Star Wars timeline, um, Through uh, though we'll all carry the themes of hope, family, kindness, and love. We've seen a couple of uh, pictures of the story so far. Uh, just two. Uh, there's a there's a Ewoks in the snow. A lot of people are like going crazy for. <laughs> I love it. I love the idea that we can have something that like makes Life Day like true canon appreciates Life Day because we don't really have that because everybody ignores the holiday special. That's not real canon. Yeah. Until that new one. And then there's the Lego one, but that's also not true canon. I mean the James Gunn one. The the uh, oh I'm thinking of Guardians. Guardian. Sorry. Different franchise. Sorry. Um. <laughs> But there's no Star Wars thing that like is considered canon right now that that actually like treats Life Day in like a, a way of reverence, a mm-hmm. way of like this is a holiday in Star Wars. This is something where people like have something to think about family and hope and all of that, which are core aspects of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's kind of Christmas one to one, but it's it, there's more to it than that. And the idea that you're going to get it in like these little anthological nuggets across time with little side uh, stories that don't have to revolve around our main cast, just like look at this, look at this story in, in Star Wars for the regular people and what they're doing on Life Day. And I'm like, that's great. I love that's it. That's great. And do it. The other the other picture was of the High, Re- uh, High Republic Jedi. Yeah. Uh, so they will be going to the High Republic in this book as well. Right. Um, all right. We now know what Heroes Reborn is. Oh, I yeah. On what that would be. Uh, the Marvel. namesake of the Marvel Heroes Reborn from the 90s with Onslaught. Um, now we know that is a actually new series. I suspect a miniseries. Um, yeah. <laughs> written by Jason Aaron and with art by Ed McGuinness. It's a good team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to read the whole synopsis, but basically it's what if the Avengers never formed. Hmm. And the Squadron Supreme of America is Earth's Mightiest Heroes and Coulson is running for president. And 
Um, Tony Stark never built his suit of armor. Cap is still in the ice. Things all, all four didn't do their thing. Yeah, except just, with the exception that Blade remembers who the Avengers are. Why he Blade? Was, he's the main character. But why? No, I mean Blade's cool, but like it's that's so that's that's weird. Yeah. So so we're getting House of M, but with Blade as our our main dude. Yeah. Who remembers stuff from before? I mean, I, I'll re- that makes me mad because I want to support a Blade book. But I don't want to read a Heroes Reborn book. Well, Blade's in event. He's in the Avengers. I, I, no, like, I know. I like the what if the Squadron Supreme were the were the true heroes of the Marvel universe. Well, that's just my dream. That's that's cool. Yeah, I do like that concept. Yeah, yeah. That's what, really, what Colson. I am really glad that Rob Liefeld has nothing to do with this. Yeah, yeah. That's what Colson. Uh, Colson and Mephisto are trying to phase out the Avengers for the Squadron Supreme in the Avengers book. That's kind of what it's about. Yeah, evil Colson. Yeah. Because uh, Coulson died, and now he's working for Mephisto. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, yeah, all right, cool. Yeah. At least uh, it's not no, like... Well, it's not a new initiative where they're going to be like, yeah, all the heroes I, go to Counter-Earth. Well, I didn't... I never expected that. I always thought it was going to be like another like Infinity Warps like mini crossover thing. Yeah. Uh, I'm just glad it's one book that I don't have to read instead of ten. I, I feel better about this than, yeah. than what the news was making me afraid of. Yeah. And I'm... I'm more open to the possibility of reading it if it's good. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm kind of I'm kind of on the fence there, too. I'm reading Avengers. I really like Avengers. I don't really like this Phoenix arc, though. Um, no, Brandon, I got, no, not a lot of people are digging this. Yeah, but nobody, nobody likes Avengers anyway. I'm like the only person who likes this book. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, look, people are allowed to like what they like. Anyway. No, okay. I know. No, I wait, know. wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry, just a quick question. This has been Aaron since the, for a while, right? Yes. He's still doing Avengers. Yeah. yeah. And he started with the the BC stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. I really liked. Uh, I read all of that Avengers run up to when they did the Ghost Rider stuff. Oh yeah, uh, with the with the crossover, uh-huh. loved all of that. Cool. Uh, I don't know past that how it's been, but yeah, but that I, stuff I, I thought was great. I really, I really like it. I'm not crazy about the Phoenix art though, and you know that's fine. Um, but now that I know it's connected to that with like Coulson and the Squadron Supreme, which is stuff I really like, I might give it a shot. But also, I don't really want to read a book called Heroes Reborn, so. Yeah, I just it's just like another book that's probably going to be a little more expensive than your normal book. And I'm like, I just, you know. Yeah. All right. Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh. Roger Craig Smith is leaving the role of Sonic. He's apparently done it for like 10 years. Yep. Yeah. What do you guys yeah. think of that? You're Sonic uh, fans? I, I don't care. <laughs> uh, it's it's kind of shock because it came pretty sudden. I've been trying to find why. Um, I haven't found a reason why. I don't know if just Sega decided to go with a different voice actor or if um, his contract. I don't know why. So it's he, he, there's an implication that this was not his choice. Yeah, uh, when he posted about it, he posted a big broken blue heart. Blue heart. Um, so it it kind of makes me think that this wasn't his call, which also makes me think that maybe they want to give Ben, ben Schwartz, Schwartz Sonic yeah. uh, going oh. forward, which I'll be honest, like I like him in the movie. Fine. He's not m- what I hear for Sonic. Uh, no. This is kind of like when they changed Kermit for yeah. me, uh, yeah. if he becomes the new voice of Sonic, it's really weird to me that they're doing this right before they're about to drop a bunch of stuff for Sonic's big anniversary. Yeah. Um, so we don't know. I have to assume then he's either no longer attached to those. Maybe this is when they or, bring on the new person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that kind of bums me out. Like a big Sonic relaunch, like a new game or something. Yeah. And uh, so I'm, I really don't want it to be Ben Schwartz. I think he's fine for the movies, but I don't want him to be the voice of Sonic for all, yeah, all media. It's a different thing. I don't I mean, think he fits. 
No, I completely agree. For the film, it's fine, but I mean, like like Brand said, ten years Roger Craig Smith has been the voice of Sonic, and I've been used to hearing that voice for Sonic the Hedgehog. And, and the, it's it's he was a, he was the voice actor in um, Generations and Boom, and all these and all these other games. Also, so like, he's the Batman in Batman Arkham Origins, and I think he's pretty good. Nice. Oh yeah, yeah. He's also Sonic. Wow, he's yeah. good. So. Yeah. So hearing that he's no longer gonna be Sonic, I am scared that I mean, not to say that Ben Schwartz isn't a good voice actor, he is, but for the film Sonic, that's like cool, but I was totally fine with keeping the film and the game separate. I, I'm 100% with you. I, I really like Ben Schwartz, but he, I, I said it when we talked about the movie, he just did not have he does not have that same attitude in his voice that Sonic does in the games that has defined mm-hmm. his character that Roger Craig Smith has carried on that the voice actors before him have had. Uh, yeah. And I, I hope that is not the future of the franchise, that they're going to pass it on to him, because I just I think we're going to lose something in the in the attitude, the coolness of Sonic, the, the coolness that's supposed to vocally be present in Sonic. Yeah, yeah. If that if that is the case. So this is this is weird and it's mostly disheartening because we don't know who's coming in to take over. Mm-hmm. Um, what what year is it like 30, 25? What is it? This is the 30, 30, 30, 30 years. Uh, they got to they got to announce a new game, right? That that's yeah. the intention. Yeah, they've been it's they've the been int- typing it up. It's the intention is either a new game or a new compilation of the old games. Well, the 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 going money is on both. Yeah. Um, they they made a big deal last year that they were going to have a huge announcement, but the pandemic made them cancel that announcement. That was supposed to happen at the end of last year. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so we're still pending on knowing exactly what's going to be, but everyone's pretty confident it's a it's a big compilation of the the biggest hits of the modern sonic which is sonic adventure sonic adventure 2 generations all moved up into premium current console stuff mm-hmm. and uh and a new sonic game Makes but sense. like a a really new sonic game Man. yeah cool love it don't love it i mean i love sonic. yeah you guys a, talking sonic yeah. it's just it's just in a weird place now with him leaving and i i'm that's a shame i am mm-hmm. i am really afraid that it's going to be ben schwartz that they're moving in and Me i too. just I mean, yeah, it makes sense for synergy, but yeah, like, right. So you don't always need synergy. I don't understand why it wasn't Roger Craig Smith in the movie. Because, well, I know that I, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it, this is something we talked about, like, as it was coming out. I'm like, it, Ben Schwartz is cool. He just doesn't have the, the attitude. I, I, when I saw the movie, I was like, I can dig this. It works in this medium, but I'm trying, I cannot picture Ben Schwartz's voice matching the animatics of Sonic and like the games that have come out in the past few years. Like, I can't. But, or Sonic Boom, uh, yeah. anything from that. Like, I cannot see those two things connecting. Um, so that's really hard for me. And it's, I, I know that that's what it'll be because I still have that problem with Kermit today. I'm still struggling to fully accept the new voice of Kermit because I just, I, I can't, you put him back to back with either Jim Henson or um, his name escaped me, but the, the one from our childhood who's been on it for, for over a decade, almost two. Uh, he, I cannot one for one that into it's still sounding like Kermit. It's, it's very distinctly different and it doesn't always work for me. Why are there so many yeah. voice actors in Hollywood? <laughs> so to, to be determined what will happen, but this is, yeah. this is kind of a bummer and I'm sad that it seems like he was forced out of the role. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, do you like Comic-Con? I, love I did. Do you like boats? Yes, actually. Well, yeah, do you they... like cruises? Never been on one. Hmm. <laughs> Image and Skybound Entertainment are looking to plan a cruise ship Comic-Con in 2022 and 2023. I cannot think of a worse idea. 
Are they were they were they were they just trying to think like the worst April Fool's prank to not to like not wait? Like this is what kind of bullshit? How idea would you is like this? all the suffocating walks uh of Comic Con, but in narrower halls and on the ocean? How would you like it? No, I'm good. That's like you go on a cruise to like like it seems like a terrible idea i love going to cons i really enjoy it but you know what i love about it the ability to leave and go (laughs) somewhere very different and spatially relaxed in comparison at the end of the day yeah Um, another thing i love about cons the diversity of of having more than just two big names there Oh, Image and Skybound will probably get other people in on this if it. They're, they're just the ones who are organizing it. Like, you know, like um, Dark Horse put puts on a, puts on like LA Comic Con or something. Yeah, um, not Dark Horse. Um, I don't. But yeah, you know, companies do this. Okay. I just I, I I mean it is I guess they want to do it far enough away. But if if they if they're planning to try to do it far enough away to be away from the pandemic, then just do a regular Comic Con, <laughs> like. Th- being like this just like so much water comic books and water don't go together you guys what's oh, going no. on you're gonna be so, i mean like i know water doesn't get on the boat but this seems like can you weird. imagine like like going through if they have a market which i'm like how do you do that that's but, what like, i mean if you go through that and you've got all your collectibles and you're just trying to move past the other guys going down the hall to get to your room to drop them on <laughs> no i don't want to do that that is that is a terrible cruise experience in my mind i can only imagine the hell cosplayers would go through on the boat and they can't go to the store to get anything to fix their stuff. When I think of cruises, I think if I'm going to do it, it's supposed to be a relaxing trip. Going to a convention is not relaxing. I enjoy it, but relaxing is not a term I attach to. Yeah, you tr- yeah, you have to like you have to actively do stuff. Yeah. Yeah, like no. You have to, you wake up early, early super early if you're a cosplayer or you just don't sleep depending on how much makeup and stuff you need to put on. You need to get to the con at a certain time so parking isn't going to be an issue. And you have to walk. There's a bus parking. No parking on a cruise. True. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Okay. One tiny plus. But everything else is like you're walking around and you're stuffed with a bunch of other people. I don't like boats. Yeah, just. uh, I get seasick seasick easy. I'm with Sparks. If I think of a cruise, I'm in like bait. I'm in swim shorts or or cargo shorts. Or and I'm sitting on a on a lounger with a drink in my hand uh to like it is it is a little tougher to get seasick on cruises but it can definitely still happen um the, the weight shifts not as much because of how the size of it but still it can happen um especially if the seas are unexpected i it's a that's a bad bad beat man and then like what if it's the absolute worst case scenario where you get like one of those carnival cruises where the plumbing goes out and you're all just pissing and pooping in buckets mm. for a convention Oh no! <laughs> like it's just—it sounds like also, a real bad idea. This would be considerably more expensive than a traditional Comic Con ticket, too. So, like, <laughs> I'm—I'd rather just go to a con in a building. Sorry, I, I really prefer the ability to be able to go home or at least to a Airbnb or hotel room yeah. after being at the convention all day. I—I I need that relaxation, relaxation space, and a cruise will have been ruined for that space by having the convention yeah. on it. And of course, Grayson just said uh, seasickness and a giant confined location that spreads diseases really easily. No thanks. No. No, I'm good. Okay. I'm not gonna have my first cruise be a Comic Con. No. <laughs> okay. Trailers. Tea talk. We Trailer. Talk. Snoopy show. The Snoopy show on Apple TV Plus. Looks cute. 
I I really like the look of it. Um, I'm glad that it, they're not just trying to recreate the Peanuts shows that they've made before, but they're very specifically focused on Snoopy. But you're still going to see a bunch of the Peanuts characters. I think that's the, the right way to go right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but I'll probably won't watch it for years. So I, I have no nostalgia for Peanuts or anything. Uh, so I'll probably... Yeah, it looks cute, whatever, yeah. I have some nostalgia for the Peanuts characters, but besides that, it's like not enough to make me buy Apple TV. Apple TV Plus, screw yeah, that. I, I, I will tell you, it, it is a big shame that that uh, Charlie Brown film that came out a few years ago didn't get wah, wah, the praise it deserved wah, wah. to to warrant more more of those movies. Is it good? That, yes, I heard. Not good. only was it a great oh. script, the animation was gorgeous. That is one of the few films where, uh, if I have my preference, I will continuously watch it in 3d if oh, i can arrange that because the 3d animation popped so well wow. um, it's not the peanuts movie right yes i am oh. yeah that that, that movie is this a 3 is this really a 3d good. tv no i know one day <laughs> one day you know what one day i'll get the 3d setup going because like I, I that is one of the few where i went out of my way to buy the blu-ray 3d and yeah. i'm like one day i'm gonna watch this again on 3d because it's one of those few films where i watch out and i'm like 3D. Really, when is it Lucy? Really just made that is look it good. Lucy who holds football? Is that her name? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like does it kick the football? It's like it's coming. No, they don't do that kind of stuff. It's just it just looks like you can really. It, the thing is that like the foreground, it's, background. It's, it's CGI 3D animation, mm-hmm. but it still feels like it's working on the comic strip paneling. Okay. So it's like you can really feel the the separation between the characters and the background. Gotcha. Cool. I love that movie. I, was, I saw it with Brandon in theaters when it came it's out. a good movie. Oh, um, I, I wish I wish that they committed to more of it because that was really well done yeah stan lee's superhero kindergarten with arnold schwarzenegger yeah this wasn't this was a weird trailer um arnold schwarzenegger's making shows for kids i guess Hmm. i I didn't watch it before i before i wrote it down on this list so i was not sure what it was I get it. <laughs> uh, I I don't even know what to what that. Hey, like. <laughs> you know what? When I have a a toddler, sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard, you know. Definitely. <laughs> my toddler, my like my kid's gonna grow up to be like, you know, uh, I want to talk about like, I want to talk about Superman, Batman. And they'll be like, no, the Arnold Schwarzenegger show, and I'll be like, oh, all right. <laughs> Uh, Young Rock. Garden cop, but superpowers. Yeah. Uh, Young Rock, the the sitcom from Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Uh, the teenage Dwayne Johnson looks so good, and his <laughs> father looks so good. Yeah, those two guys look so much like them. If you would have told me that these were relatives of the Rock, I'd believe you. Yeah, they looked that like they like yeah like Rocky Johnson. Uh, the Rock's dad looks so much like him. It's like it's insane. Uh, I I kind of feel like Dwayne Johnson, even when he does poor like something that's kind of bad, he himself can do no wrong. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I I'm kind of looking forward to this. I I just appreciate that he wants to do this like really open engagement of something so direct and personal with his past. I think from him, this this means a lot more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, the only part that really throws me is the setup which is that he's running for president in the year 2032 and looking back. And I'm like, that's a, that's a weird choice, my man. I don't know. Like we could have just done like Dwayne Johnson in the year 2021. You are an incredibly successful person. Let's just 
talk about you. Yeah, I, 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 I question that because I'm like, yeah. is this is bold this... of him to assume he's not going to have aged much? Yeah, up to that uh, point. <laughs> I'm just like, is this is this his like actual like? It's happening, guys. Get ready. Get ready. I'm so glad he brought that up because I 100% think he did that for that reason. Yeah, God. I think I think this was his subtle way to be like, would you guys be into it? Yeah, <laughs> like, like a little pole. Goodness, um, it's such a it's such a long distance away too. He's like, I don't want to step on, I don't want to step on the Biden Kamala Kamala Harris. Yeah. Sorry, Kamala Harris. Uh, run because he endorsed them. Yeah. So he's like, I'm gonna give them their full eight years, and then it's it's rock time, baby. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. no. I, you know what? Honestly, I think the show looks pretty charming. I I agree. I think it has a lot of charm to it um i i think again like the only thing that throws me is the the setup mm -hmm. yeah but everything past that like i i love him i love that we're gonna see him talking about it uh and also see all these like i love that he's gonna have a lot of personal engagement um i think uh andre the giant uh looks great yeah. also there's a bunch uh, of there's a bunch of wrestlers like there's the iron sheet there's like a bunch like i bet you like you'll you'll see some famous people being other famous people and and it's just it's also just a great opportunity for diversity casting which is awesome yeah um but i think it, it's got a really great energy to it i really do want to watch yeah. it i think it looks awesome uh, i just I, I just find that premise so bizarre uh yeah i, I agree uh, i watched uh, a little bit of everybody hates chris when that came out like 15 years ago which is like a very similar concept about with chris yeah, rock i um, watched one episode last yeah. semester to write a paper on it cool uh <laughs> did, did, did it, it, it good it's okay. I mean, it's been 15 years. I don't remember. I have to tell you that the paper I was writing about it was all about how, like, Chris Rock's own telling of it and uh, the other writer on it who was also black is kind of formed to a white male gaze. Oh, yikes. Uh, and how that perpetuated throughout it and, like, played into black stereotypes, whether it was intentional or not. Gotcha. Um, so, I was 13, so I thought it was... So, you know, so by there. today's standards, not as much. Gotcha. Terry then more, uh, yeah, a more updated, more uh, culturally less less offensive one. Then, yeah. Yeah, Terry Crews was Chris Rock's dad. He was. Yes, he was. Uh, yep. That happened show when I watched it on Nick at Night ages ago. Let me be clear. I'm not trying to say that the show is bad. I didn't think the show was outright bad. Uh, it was. It was my assignment to discuss where it it failed uh, to be authentic to black representation, where it uh, pandered to white male stereotypes, for example. Um, there's there's a heavy-handed thing that they do with the principal where um, they don't say that his belief belief is entirely based in Reaganomics. However, they prominently feature that Ronald Reagan uh, picture is in the room with the principal. So you see, and it, in the way know. that he's criticizing uh, the black student is very like uh, it, it forms more the belief system of the show rather than the belief system of of people gotcha. on the show. So it's like uh, anyway, everybody, everybody loves The Rock. Uh, the SpongeBob movie Sponge on the Run had a new trailer announcing its release date of March 4th on I Paramount forgot. Plus. I forgot this was, I thought this came out already. Nope. I thought I was watching, I thought I was watching the exact same trailer. It was moved to, it was moved to streaming on the uh, currently named CBS All Access, but by this point it would be Paramount Plus. Then, then I'll tell you about the first half of the trailer is exactly the same. Oh no, I, I caught on. I and caught then it on. changes, yeah. Uh, I guess I guess Sandy's been there the whole time. Weird. Yeah, what I call bullshit because I even I know that's wrong. Specifically, specifically, remember that episode where she shows up. This is this is the this is 
it makes sense when you think about the fact that they're they're launching this and they're launching that new show too that's supposed to take place in that past oh is it like a young spongebob show yes yes yeah. we talked about this a long time ago Jeez. on on the show that we're we weren't fans of that because we knew they were going to turn the entire bikini bottom crew into youngsters and we were like they're definitely going to find a way they did sandy they're just going to say sandy cheeks was there when she was young which is not true um yeah. spongebob canon uh and, and like <laughs> I, I don't care that much about spongebob canon what bothers me is that it feels like these choices are made erroneously and they're done without without thought or care yeah um that's that's why i'm like ah well, so, be that good yeah well so steven hillberg didn't he say that he never wanted spongebob spinoffs and the second he passed away nickelodeon's like yoink uh i don't remember if he actually said i remember that, i remember hearing yeah, i'll, I'll you, have to look you, it up but i remember they were in development of Camp Coral specifically before he passed. Okay. Yeah, I, I he had been off. He had been off the show for years. Let, yeah. let me. Let, I I don't know that he said that, Ben, but I I do feel that that was his mentality. I don't remember exactly that he said it, but I do feel like he was very like. He's very in my mind. I think he reached a point where he's very much like Seth MacFarlane is now about Family Guy, where he's kind of like that. That should have ended a road at a certain point. Yeah. It, it met its cultural moment, and then that moment has passed. Um, yeah, uh, I do think the animation. I really like the look of it. I do like the animation as well. Uh, look, I, uh, I, you guys saw the last SpongeBob movie was actually super good. It was. Um, it was. So maybe this one will be too. I'm holding out hope for that. I don't have hope for that show that's spinning out of it though. Yeah, Young Sheldon. Uh, did, you, did you know that uh, Patrick Starr voiced Robin Williams' character in the Jumanji animated series? Really? No. Oh, cool. Fun fact. Stupid things I know. All right. The mic. <laughs> I didn't know. Uh, I didn't know Starfish has gone into voice acting. Oh shit! <sighs> no, this is Patrick. The Mighty Ducks live action series sequel series on Disney Plus. Game Changers has a release date of March twenty sixth that they announced with a new trailer. Mm-hmm. I I uh, don't care at all. I'm going to the bathroom. Okay. Okay. Ben, as the resident Mighty Ducks fan, I know you're a big fan of that cartoon. Do I have a Kelly King? Oh, it's out of reach, damn it. Oh, is Gullible up there? No. It's my right. LA King. I'm telling you, man, it's behind you. I'm looking right at it. No, it's my LA Kings pennant that I got from one of the games after we won the Stanley Cup. Uh, Yeah, so... It's a Mighty Ducks thing. I mean, I'm glad to see Emilio Estevez, but one of the things... I'm Laura Graham. I like her. Yeah, Laura, I like Laura Graham as well, but it's... You've never seen her in anything. <clears throat> I still think it's still fit. You've never seen Ben, I'll save you. I'll save you. Have you seen The Pacifier with Vin Diesel? No, I have not. Uh, I can't save you. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> let I'm me tell you... Are looking for this? <laughs> Brandon, let me tell you... Having watched Gilmore Girls so consistently recently and then watching this trailer, her age suddenly stood out way more to me than it did the last time I watched the trailer for this. Yeah. As I was saying, I'm still kind of a little bit myth that you yeah, like so Lauren Graham from Ben. I just I just know her I know her name. I know she's done good stuff. That's all. So okay. can I get to why I'm not really excited for the Mighty Ducks? The same reason why I said it last time. Yes. <laughs> Why'd you come back? You should have stayed back there. Because uh, because they're <laughs> they're they're cloverfielding it to you, right? It's similar though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Similar. Okay. Yeah. Then watch it, then decide. Ben is Ben is one hundred percent the person who watched Halloween three and was like, mm, "Where's Michael Myers? One star." 
season of the witch. I love you, Ben. Ben, just, do you know what this reminds me? Those things are similar. That's all. Do you know what this reminds me of, Ben? It reminds me of when 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 you picked the book club uh, because we had to switch the book club for the audience uh, watching a reading list. Uh, to Centipede, Brian goes, Oh, hell yeah, Misha Green. Wait, not Misha Green, Max, Max, Max Bemis wrote, wrote this. And you're like, And you're like, Oh, hell yeah, he did. Who's Max Bemis? <laughs> I know it didn't say it like that. I was like, Wait, no, but that's how, but that's how it comes off of because you often do this thing where you're, where you're, where you pretend to know, know someone. Um, so uh, I just to reiterate, because someone might be listening to this and not listen to the last time we talked about the Mighty Ducks, Ben's whole thing about this show is that he doesn't like that the, the, the Mighty Ducks are not the kids that we're following. Uh, the Mighty Ducks are the other team and they're forming a rogue team because they are not in the Mighty Ducks. Uh, but we have tried to reiterate to Ben that the point is that they will become the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> like I, the I feel movie. pretty confident of that. This is a Disney show. Yeah. So... I'm it pretty is. sure that's the trajectory. So I don't think you need to be mad about this anymore. I don't think this is going to be a Cobra Kai situation where they're like, <laughs> like I don't. The Mighty Ducks yeah. are the bad guys. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, also, turn the Mighty Ducks into an elitist sort of th- sort of team. Oh well, yeah, because Gordon Bombay's not there. Yeah, that's that's the point. They got to get their heart back. Then. The heart's missing. The kids are the heart. They're going to get back in there. They're going to become the they Mighty Ducks. They need Gordon Bombay. They're going to make them good. They they're gonna get in there. They're gonna make sure that there's no aliens. It's gonna be only gonna about make, the monster. Make ben. They're gonna fix it. Mighty again. They're gonna get the golden beak that they put on the thing and become superheroes. Oh, that's, that's one character, and that's Wild Wing. He's the goaltender. Yes, I know Ben. Oh, Wild Wing? Is that like Starscream's brother? No, that's the. <laughs> that's from the animated TV show. That's that that's came the leader, the that's the leader of the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> Starscream. Okay. Ben, do you have anything else you wanted to say about Mighty Ducks? No. All right, let's go on. Knight of the Kings. Sparks, you you included this. Yes, I did. Um, This popped up on my radar through Twitter this week, and uh, I thought it looked really, really cool. Yeah. Um, I actually meant to pull up some stuff about it so that I could read it off. So uh, you guys say what you thought about it. I I don't know if you guys have seen this movie, but um, there's a movie called The Fall, and... um, it, it, it's high five thank you it's one of literally the most beautiful movies ever made it took like five years to film in like 13 different locations but that is a movie about somebody telling a story and it's like if you have a real life location and then oh. you have the story happening Let's yeah it's got, lee, it's got lee pace in it it's incredible um th- no other movie exists like that movie and i got a lot of feelings with this movie where like there's a somebody who having to tell this tale and it's like in the real world but there's fantastical surreal elements actually happening within the story where people are floating and shit now, uh, in case it wasn't clear, and certainly for our listeners, I just want to explain the story of this. Just the basic synopsis is that a young pickpocket is sent to the Maka prison in Abidjan. Abidjan is a uh, one of the French-speaking colonies in, in Africa. Mm-hmm. Uh, to survive, he will have to compel the other prisoners with his storytelling. Um, and so it's it's kind of Arabian Nights-esque in that sense, but this is not based on Arabian Nights. This is, this is coming from their own kind of ideas and folklore and, and the, the idea of the kings, the stories he's going to be telling are very much based in a lot of African mythology. Um, that's that's what this is based around. I, uh, <clears throat> I I really like the look of it. And again, like having it be like so real world with like, you know, with like kids with machine guns and then turning into like weird fantastical elements. I'm like, this looks wholly unique and like nothing I've ever really seen. Um, I'm, I'm so glad you put this on the list. Like this looks, this looks hella mm-hmm. cool. 
This mm-hmm. is really cool. What is this? Is this Netflix? What is? Did you? Was it? Uh, let me pull it up. I don't, think, okay. I don't know. All I saw was a bunch of the film festival laurels. Oh, okay, gotcha. yeah. I'm pretty sure it's just coming to VOD uh, because it's it would be in theaters where it can be. Yeah. But, uh, coming to VOD in in March. Okay. Cool. Um, let me check real quick on release. Um, Night of Kings will be released in theaters and in virtual cinemas on February 26, 2021 and video on demand on March 5th, 2021. Cool. So that's where it's going to be. Um, this, this is a production, uh, directed by Philippe Lecoe and, uh, it is a co-production of companies from France and a French word I can't say in Canada mm-hmm. and Senegal. Um, cool. yeah, so it's, oh, it was selected as the Ivorian entry for the best international feature film at the 93rd Academy Awards that are coming up. Bing bong. So, cool. uh, yeah, I just, uh, I've heard a lot of cool stuff. This came around. I, uh, apparently people have been waiting for the trailer to get out because some people have seen it at film festivals and stuff, but nothing had been publicly released until this trailer dropped this week. And mm-hmm. so people have been like really getting on the horn being like, please go, go check out this film. It's, it's just, it's, you know, it, it is just a, whole other point of view of the world and storytelling that we don't, we don't get to see a lot. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm really excited about it. I That's think it I'm looks about. really, really cool. Yeah. Um, you mentioned it's coming out March 5th, uh, same day as the next trailer, Raya and the last dragon. Ooh, this looks sick. This movie looks very looks good. Very awesome. good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like that first trailer, but like there, man, this like, this looks like a winner, man. Oh man. Um, so I'm really glad that we've established this is its own world. It's a mm-hmm. it's, its own uh, fantasy world. Mm-hmm. It is not a uh, our our history. Yeah. Um, in in some weird way, I I will agree with Megan that the one thing she doesn't like about it, and I kind of agree, is the joke Aquafina Aquafina makes about group projects. Mm-hmm. Kind of takes her out of it, but I also have a distinct feeling that that might not be in the film. Uh, that line anyway, mm-hmm. um, but we'll see. I'm not against Aquafina being kind of genie esque in that way. Yeah. Uh, but I think everything else looks dope. And yeah, I'm so yeah. excited for her to be playing that character. Um, Kelly Marie Tran sounds great. Uh, I, I think it looks so fun and inventive. The martial arts um, looks really good. Yeah. Like the choreography looks good. Uh, I the, knew. Go I ahead. knew I was going to absolutely adore this movie when. Um, when Raya and that other lady is like, we're taking the dragon with us. We're, we're taking the dragon. She's like, mm, my sword here says no. Yeah. And she branches her sword. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Fight. Let, let, kick her ass. Um, yeah. Benedict Wong is in this movie. Yeah, I heard that voice. He's got mm-hmm. a very unique voice. Yeah. Uh, um, Daniel so, Big M is also in this movie. We just found out. Yep. Uh, co-director on this is uh, Paul Briggs. Paul Briggs is a pretty cool dude. I had the... Uh, pleasure of meeting him when I did a tour at Disney Animation. Um, he's awesome. He was he was pumped about what he was working on. It was this movie at that time that he was working on. Um, he was extremely excited. He's kind of been working his way up to wanting to to do something like this for a while. Uh, I don't know which part specifically because he wasn't talking specifics at all. Um, uh, he was head of story on Frozen and Big Hero Six, uh, uh, to name a few. Um, you actually heard Paul Briggs' voice as uh, uh, Yemma in the opening of Big Hero 6, the big sumo-like guy who's controlling the robot. Okay. That's, that's Paul Briggs. Um, yeah, he, he jazzed me up just the way he was excited about this, so I've been looking forward to it for a long time. I think this, I think this is going to be really, really cool. I'm really sad we can't see it in theaters, but I think it's, yeah. it's going to be really, really cool. Yeah. A hybrid release. 
a hybrid release for Disney Plus. Yeah, I do not have a problem paying for this on Disney Plus. Nope, I no see problem it at all. Mm-hmm. It looks I'm so like, pretty. I'm like, you know what? Nah, that's fine. Here, take my thirty. I'll watch it. I'll probably watch it three times. Who knows? Well, now that we're getting now that we're getting unemployment benefits, I'm like, okay, yeah, I can spend thirty bucks again. Well, well even more than that, like you know, we didn't we didn't like Mulan. So when I spent thir- the money on it, I was like, cool, I can watch it anytime I want, but I don't want to watch it again. I feel this dirty. One, this one, I'm really excited because I'm like, I have a feeling I'll want to watch this again. Yeah. So I'm glad that I'll just be able to whenever I want. Just boom, yeah, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, pumped, very pumped. Oh yeah. All right. Finally, Shin Ultraman. Hey guys, uh, did you like Shin Godzilla? What if that, but more? Yeah. What if that, what if that again? But your protagonist is a oh, giant do, robot. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you asking me about the kaiju stuff? Yes, but more weird kaiju stuff, like the weird early evolutions of Godzilla. Oh, did you mean more of the weird of of the eccentric uh, business side of people doing weird things? Yes, absolutely. Crazy camera angles and all. Baby, yeah. Uh, boring bu- bureaucracy during monster invasions is Hideki Anno's go-to since Evangelion. Like that's what he does. Like people talking, monsters fighting. Um, Didn't you post a thing about how uh, the creator of Ultraman's, the other kaiju and Ultraman were like looking at uh, wholly unique designs? Yeah, uh, than what like Toho was coming up with. Yeah, like specifically, yeah, like like you see in this trailer very very uh, briefly, but there's like there's like a tunneling monster that the entire thing is a tunnel monster with like armor around it. Like they went for really unique like anti anti Toho kaiju monsters. Like and some of them look really stupid, but like I'm I'm into that. I think they're great. I've never seen Ultraman before. I've never really been interested in Ultraman, but these other kaiju specifically looked very interesting. Unlike anything I've ever seen before. I'm telling you guys, check that Marvel comic out. Like, that's the only thing I've ever known about Ultraman. I've never seen I'm, the movies or anything, and it's it's really cool. I'm gonna be real with you because I have a little bit of experience with Ultraman. We're we're probably we're probably not necessarily on the show, but like uh, within our friend group, we're we're heading towards exploring some Ultraman content in our future, guys. I'm, I'm just gonna tell you that. I'm into it. Not necessarily just the comic. We're we're going back. It's good, guys. Let's go to Ultraman by way of Gamera. Come on, get on the Gamera train with me. Does Gamera have Shin Gamera coming out? Then we'll do it. <laughs> there's, there's three Shin Gameras already out. They're called Shin Gamera? No, but they're essentially the same kind of thing. Are are they? Yes. Or are they just Gamera Millennium? No. No, no, no. Because <laughs> you can draw a direct path from the Gamera trilogy to GMK to uh, Shin Godzilla. Okay. Okay. I, I want you guys to watch the movies. I know. I know. I'm sure they're good. <laughs> I'm not saying they're not good. I'm just not sure if I'd put them at the shin level. I have a, I have a, I have tentatively put it on the schedule for a, for a week that we may not have something. Okay. We'll see. Um, did you get your set yet? Smart. No. Really? Interesting. Um, okay. Oh, that's it. That's all the trailers. Oh, We're going to do the... He fights Kaiju. It's, it's super cool. We're going to do the next thing. Here we go. That's for you, Marty. Uh, <laughs> where? where? <laughs> He's the one who said we should have a uh, intro theme uh, for yeah, Marty did say Good that. suggestion. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're going to be talking about PG colon Psycho Goreman, a new Shutter original um, that is not on Shutter right now. Um, so that is uh, a funny thing. <laughs> yeah, well, that confused the shit out of me. So that was really funny because, like. I, I just did it because I was lazy. I didn't know it wasn't on Shutter. Yeah. 
Uh, I had rented it, so I was glad I did, though, because we all got to see it now. Um, yeah. Okay, so full spoilers for this movie. Um, well, we're going to talk about full everything, so let's get right into it. I'll go in my in my little circle then. Well, okay. There are parts of this movie I love. There are parts oh, of this movie I really don't like. But all in all, I think I had a good time. Oh. Well, answer that, Sparks. Did he have a good time? I, I don't know if he had a good time. I had a great time. Yeah, I, uh, I'll i go next. Uh, I think this movie rocks. I think this movie rocks. If, man, oh my God, the, 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 the amateur nature of it makes it more compelling to me. Because clearly this was just a bunch of friends who had a decent enough budget to make a, a silly Power Rangers-esque movie. Um, uh, there are a little bit of flaws here and there, but like overall, like this, I had a, I had a rip-roaring good time. I'm kind of more aligned with Ben. I apologize. Um, some of the humor does work for me. Um, there, there's there's some good. I get some good laughs out of it, um, and I, I, I like the ending for the most part. Uh, and then the prosthetic work I think is super cool and super imaginative. And, and oh yeah. And awesome. But ultimately, at the end of the day, it didn't really connect with me, and that's really the only criticism I have of it is that it just didn't really work for me on the whole. Sure. Yeah, when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh man, this is going to be like a, a twisted version of Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy, where she gets this alien, it's like, oh, he's my man, he wants to destroy everything. And then when I really get to know who Mimi was, and I was like, wow, you are a jerk. I was, uh, it's weird, because there are parts of it where I was like, I was like, wow. When I was watching the movie, I was like, I want to like Mimi, but at the same time, I want to hate her guts. I want her to lose. Mm-hmm. And then when I see her brother, like her constantly yelling and making fun of her brother, I was like, come on, dude, like stand up for yourself. And then even when she, Mimi does like her half part, I'm not going to say it, but, and then she does, I mean, I think the more, their little way to talk in Morse code is, is cool, but it's like, I, I don't know. There's, I will say real quickly on, on that real quick before he gets too far. Um, yeah. One joke that really worked for me is the fact that PG could never remember Luke's name. Okay, yeah. I like that joke too. I that worked that. for me. That worked really well for me. Uh, I do agree. The prosthetic work is absolutely amazing. Oh, um, I love the. I love it. It's so imaginative and so cool. Yeah, uh, I mean. like Power Ranger villain, like every single one of them. Every like, every beautiful. time we meet a new one, I'm just like, more, yeah, more. I think the 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 um the VFX work is really cool for the, what what the for for the throwback that it's trying to be. Uh, there's a lot of stop motion effects, which I think is cool. I think like it it looks cool. I really like the look of it. I was yeah. really getting into the lore of Gygax, Gary Gygax, creator of Dungeons. Oh, that's Thank another joke you. that worked for me when he started telling the story about that giant monster on like the rainbow bridge, and she cuts it off. I thought that was funny. I was yeah. like, no, no, go back. I want to know about. I mean, I love the lore, the the lore that of like the Templars, and I got like major uh con maker vibes from Doom Eternal. Mm, yeah, okay. With, the, with those Templars, I'm like, oh, okay, this is pretty cool. But then just like, I feel like there are so many times when Mimi comes into the picture, I just it's a I just get like, okay, no, and I just get irritated, and then I just kind of look around my desk like, what can I fiddle with until we get to the Psycho Gorman stuff. Until we get Psycho Gorman back to being Psycho Gorman, man, I I like Mimi. I love her. Yeah, I I love that. Crazy yeah, joke. I don't. I I mean, I could. I guess I can understand why you could think she's a jerk, but uh, well, she I, is a jerk. I mean, yeah, but like, I but her her like eccentricities and like her her just her confidence is so overwhelmingly like fun. Can I tell you why I love Mimi so much? It's because Mimi 
feels like a kid. Yeah. Not like yeah. a movie written kid. Feels like a real weird that kid. That feels like a kid. Yeah. That feels like a true to her age child. Uh encountering things thinking of things the way she does being weird being uh being demanding with her emotions mm -hmm. that that is a child that is a real child a child who that just is not been... a that is not a child written to to fit an arc or a story that's a kid uh, who has just been given the power of a god like what like i if anything she's subdued to compare how a regular kid might actually go about it um like i like i i i, I didn't find her annoying at all i thought she was i thought she was great I don't know. It's just that there's just something about me because there were times where I was like, damn, you are very overconfident. And when the way she would talk to her parents is like, or when she would like, like when um, the scene of the restaurant, uh, when her, her brother and Psycho and PG are having dinner or having lunch and she's like, I'll take those. And her brother's like, I'm going to eat. I was going to eat. And she's like, no champions need to eat more. And then Psycho's like, okay, I could probably manipulate this kid to get the gem back. Mm -hmm. It's just like, I don't know. Just like seeing that scene is like, really, you have enough fries on your own plate, Mimi. Just eat those. Oh, he's a child. I mean, like, and <laughs> I, and also, like, I, I, I know, I get why you find her like irritating. I can understand that, but like, that's the point. The point is that she is a pain in the ass to her brother. That's that's the that that's is the, the ending. That's, that's the that's the yeah. thing is that her brother is like, you kind of treat me like crap, and she she says, you know, you're right. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, but like in a in a good her way, I'm glad that she didn't just go, I'm sorry, in that moment. Yeah, but she said she sings that that song. <laughs> it's like, what? what is this? Is this love? Yeah, of course, yeah. big silly. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Psycho Gorman, what a guy. Um, uh, what's his name? He was, oh God, the Arch, the Arch Vial. The Archduke. The Archduke of Nightmares. Um, the Archduke of Nightmares. Anytime it cut to his lore, anytime we saw his previous, like, warfare, like, Again, guys, this is such a low budget movie, and it feels like it doesn't feel like like an Avengers, but like like none of the none of the effects bothered me. It, it was so fun. Um, and any time it was there was a lot of it in the trailers, unfortunately. Like I think a lot of the really good jokes, mm -hmm. uh, like with him being like, "I'll see you later. I hope you die." Like all that shit still made me laugh. It was it was nice to meet you. It would have been nicer if you were dead. <laughs> okay, yeah, all that shit I still really love. Um, guys, the best characters in the movie are these parents, right? Like what the dad is the the most wild jesus christ i want to ask about a question did you catch the star scream joke yes oh yeah oh of course i saw I caught dark scream are you oh, kidding yeah. me how could i not catch that shit and he's wearing the crown it's like hmm, that crown looks very familiar it looks a transformers movie i did really like uh going back to the parents what Ryan was saying i did really like the the microwave jokes like what did you do the microwave uh i made my family dinner yeah and he's like you're welcome you're welcome like, like that feels like a millennial ass, like real family. Like the weird dad who's like, who is super lazy and the mom who just wants to get everything together and make everything work. Well, like, and like, and like the relationship between Mimi and her father makes sense. Makes both of the characters make sense. Yes. Like uh, he clearly raised her more than the mom. And, yeah. and the mom and the son yeah. as well. Like it, it works. It tracks. It, it, tracks. it makes sense mm -hmm. why she behaves the way she does, why he behaves the way he does. Yeah. Um, I, I really like the family unit. I, I, Here's the thing. My critique, my major critique is uh, I don't think that the humor always works. And a big part of it is I think the pacing of the film is off. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I think that there are several instances where they just hold on a shot longer than they need to. 
Um, and, and if I were to hazard a guess, it's just that their editors are not super experienced yeah. um, and don't know when necessarily it's, it's a good time to yeah. cut. A lot of shots hold like a little too long. And sometimes they work for comedic effect and sometimes they really the, don't. The rhythm of the film is very uh, amateur. It's, it's, it misses some of its best beats to like, you know, you should cut here. It'll make the, the joke land better. I, I totally acknowledge that. I agree mm-hmm. um, that that does harm the film a little bit. Uh, I kind of give it benefit of the doubt. I understand that it's an amateur independent project. I mean, I had to keep reminding myself, this is a very low budget film. This is a very, this is a passion project. I had to keep reminding myself. I wasn't trying, I wasn't going into a big triple A title and I was, and I do give benefit of the doubt. And for that, I was like, this is, I still had a fun time. It's just that I, f- I didn't have as much of a fun time as you guys did, obviously. Yeah. I think the other thing is like, this isn't like a pretentious thing. I just, I feel like Ryan and I have spent many a more nights watching bad B movies, budget horror movies, yeah, budget, budget B movies. And we're like, if you've seen enough of those, you understand that this is, this is top tier of that. Um, <laughs> like, uh, cause that, that shit gets bad. Um, yeah, again, like- and, and so like my, my spectrum for, for leveling is like of comparison is, is a different one yeah uh and and i'm just this I, is this is a this is a b movie this is yeah. a this is yeah this is something that like you'd find in like the vhs bin in the 80s like like this is like this is a cult classic movie in the making and it knows that yeah it, that's what it's playing to is that yeah. is that it's also just not for everyone it is a weird ass movie like it this is. is like <laughs> i was i was impressed how much of it megan liked yeah frankly. um man going back to like the space un like all of those guys are just the the Templar design is so wild. Like mm-hmm. Psycho Gorman makes a meat sword. Like this movie, just like it, it was so imaginative in every single way. Like, like the, this isn't a movie I came for. This came here to be like this is a intense drama or like or like oh, a, a deep movie. This is a movie called Psycho Gorman. It's about a space alien who controlled by children. Like my expectations were pretty low. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead. I do like there are a few of the jokes I love, um, especially when uh, the cops show up and then uh, love that scene. And then, of course, well, then when she's trying to explain crazy ball to psycho, he looks over to speaking of which, poor Ashton, he got screwed. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, how much did you love that he's just dressed like Dr. Grant from Jurassic Park? Yes, he's oh. just Dr. Grant. Yes, <laughs> he doesn't move. Yep. The second I saw him on screen, I was like, "Why are you dressed like? Why are you dressed like Doctor Granger?" This movie's so funny. Little Alistair gets turned into a giant brain monster. We got Doctor Grant, Psycho Gorman. Do you like, think I'll ever be normal? No, I think that's pretty much out, bud. But it's okay. I love you as you are. Yeah. Oh, okay. Hobble, hobble, hobble. Yeah. Hobble. yeah it, or even it's... when they do that montage, like when they finally meet the parents and the mom is like shopping and they're doing and he and Psycho's on the drums, like, "Oh, I can get into this now." <laughs> them being a band like okay so hitman i bring up hitman because hit uh the agent 47 is a character who can do literally everything you like there's a there's a there's a mission where you have to go and kill a musician and you get on the drum set to do like a drum audition and you're the greatest drummer on the planet and you're like you wouldn't expect that psycho gorman's over here is like doing shit i'm like this is hilarious i can't believe i'm watching this like this is so stupid uh i i was just i was eating it up it's, it's so nonsensical the other thing is that for for a film this small to have a a young actor playing Mimi who is confidently talented in this, in this sense is so much better than like, if that kid was bad, the movie sunk. Yeah. Like, like honestly, like no matter how enjoyable the concept of psycho Gorman is, how cool the, the practical effects are. If that kid 
was was lousy in her energy yeah the movie sinks also yeah. uh and she just she just oozes uh, uh ridiculous energy um, and it really, it really helps the film. And you really, you need someone to be a counter to Luke because Luke kind of is, is a wet sock. Like, honestly, you need a character who, who you maybe not even root for, but you need a character that you're at least attached to, whether you like her or not. Like, she, she is, she's an annoying little kid. That's because she's a little kid. Like, and she learns her lesson by the end. And like, I think, I think it's a good lesson. I think Psycho Gorman also learns a valuable lesson about love. You need to, you need to take Billy and Mandy and switch their genders. <laughs> well, hi. <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> but but uh but keep mandy's uh you know special un- guest uh special guest Luna. <laughs> she's been like this uh keep mandy's uncaringness for the rest of humanity oh. and that's and and then but make her the wackier one and that's this that's this girl uh and that's what i really like about her um and i think it works for the film i think it works for the if you're going to have a girl who's actually so ready to control psycho Goreman, uh who is a dark force yeah a dark chaotic force then you got to have her be a little messed up you got to have her be a jerk you got to have her be kind of antagonistical um she can't even question if this is okay or not um luna luna needs attention uh, <laughs> we'll all give her attention all youtube land give luna attention okay so uh but i i for me like i thought mimi was exactly what she needed to be for that story um girl <laughs> okay uh but oh I, I i think that just everything about it conceptually is is entertaining i i know like not everything always lands whether it's the humor with the dad or the humor with psycho gorman himself or or whatever they're doing um <laughs> peace we're good, uh, we're good. i do think that it lands and that it works and and for the most part it clicks along uh and and meets the bar of what the idea of the film is even if it's not always pitch perfect mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's a different movie mm. haha perfectly pitched i don't know brandon you haven't said much what's up I, I don't have much to say like honestly like i i i have said what i liked and what i didn't like is that it just doesn't resonate with me it didn't connect with me and that's fine like movies don't always do that yeah. uh I just don't have any defense think, of that. It's just yeah. It this is definitely more of like our like B movie, like like low budget, like you know what we watch at like midnight kind of shit. Like it's not for everyone. It's it's it is, it is catered to that audience. I I just I think uh, I think everything around Psycho Gorman himself is so, gosh darn good. Yeah, his, his good voice. Everything around Psycho Gorman, I loved. It's just there are times with the when the humans were involved that it kind of. There are parts of it where I kind of like, eh. but all the stuff with Psycho Gorman, like the lore, the Templars, all the costumes, I thought were awesome. Like when uh, the Paladins of Sidian show up, and that one dude's wearing a crown, I'm like, oh, I think I know where this is going. And I was just like, yeah. And then they're like, wait, what? He's like, why would we want you back? We wanted you to stay dead. And I just lost my shit when the truck rolls over over the the witch, the witch, the witch's head. Yeah, yeah, I have lived to fight another day. Uh, the, the, the very beginning of the movie starts like an old eighties, like like a, like Dungeons and Dragons movie, like it's on the planet of Gygax, like the old font. And like I immediately knew, like okay, I love the aesthetic. I immediately know what they're going for. Um, yeah, everything involving like I don't need a comic book about like the backstory. Like every bit of small little s- snippets was so great and, and fun. And like that's all I need of this of this this oppressive overlord monster. Um, 
And now he how like love saved the day, but he's still gonna destroy most of the planet, which I just mm-hmm. think I think the great ending. I think the ending's really great. It's like he didn't leave the planet, he's still probably gonna destroy it. He's just saving them, saving them. I think it's great. Yeah, I did like how the parents a rift was driven even farther between the parents and how the dad's like, Oh, how's this fleet for being lazy, Susan? And I really just- like I wanna say real quickly about the parents because Ben is there. Uh you gotta you gotta hop on before Ben gets to the other thing. Um the the mom uh the i really like a lot of the prosthetics i really like a lot of the costumes i didn't i was not crazy about the mom's outfit at the end there oh when she became like a templar Templar? yeah yeah i'm not crazy about that design it's it's i mean i guess i guess it's maybe the weakest designs of all of them but like it's it's more i felt like it was kind of supposed to be because she's like just getting her on her side for like i uh for the purposes of it i really like crazy ball coming back around yeah crazy ball and then being like yeah you have to do crazy ball i did and, like that i did and, like that. And, and her being like i can you explain it one more time no you should have been listening you <laughs> fool and just her oh this is stupid but yeah. she agreed to it it's honor um oh him eating anyone who gives oh, a warrior's death? Really. I will give you a warrior's death. No, no, no please. <laughs> the that that is such a good effect because it's it doesn't look CG. It looks like they made like a giant bag and they just pushed the body <laughs> in. I'm like, yeah. it's, it reminded me of a uh, Jeepers Creepers. It did. It reminded me too. Yeah, yeah. Um, like... <laughs> uh, yeah, like man, I if this is just a one-off thing, like again, I don't need anything else. But like, I think just it's Psycho Gorman is such a such love, a good dude. I love the transforming of the cop. Uh, oh the uh, yeah uh, to, uh, please kill me oh my god it's a heart <laughs> he just randomly shoots, he shoots himself he shoots himself he's like oh <laughs> um yeah i i love that i love the uh i love the bathroom moment where he just bursts out he's like come find me oh ah! <laughs> i don't know where that is I did I did enjoy that scene like after the parents get into their little fight and then he's and then of course he's like I don't know where that is it's over here where they the left just a commitment to, to to just like it being silly it is it is not taking itself seriously whatsoever um, just be absurd just be absurd like and and I we just don't get enough of these type of movies and I and I Again, like it's not for everyone, but like I, I'm happy it's here. Oh, so this TV just doesn't stop bleeding. <laughs> God, yeah, uh, yeah. What's a weird movie? This, I'm, I'm glad it exists. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I do also really like when the parents first meet him, and they, they're, she's just like, it's fine, it's totally fine. Don't be worried. Be worried. <laughs> I will kill you. I will <laughs> kill you. <laughs> it's a slow zoom. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Anything else, or think that's good? Rate it. Uh, Let's rate it. I really enjoy it. Yep. Uh, okay. Ben. Oh, I don't want to go first. All right. Go uh, first, damn it. Uh, I mean, I still liked it, but I just I didn't like it as much as you guys. So I I have to give it a six point okay. five to be honest. Okay. I mean, we're gonna tar and feather you later, but <laughs> it's okay that you didn't like it. It's not so, the first time you guys tar and feather me, Ben. Even yes, though I most, <laughs> and even, even though I agree with you in some ways, I will also tar and feather you just to get in on it. Just to get in on it. Sparks. Uh eight point five. I think it has yeah. imperfections, but for what it is, um, I think it's it's pretty much top notch for what it could be for for the independent film that it is. Right? 
I agree. 8.5. Uh, this is a, a excellent movie to like have a bunch of friends over and have like a bunch of drinks and watch it like at midnight and just like have fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, I did not enjoy this. So uh, unfortunately, uh, uh, I think I'll, I think I'll go with a six. Go for it. Oh, um, you get it lower than I did. And you're still going to target feather to me. Yeah. Just want to. I just want to be included. Yourself, yeah, I get it. <laughs> FOMO. <laughs> But mom, I gotta go to the tarred feather of my friend. Mom, did you give me the goose feather pillows? <laughs> All right. Uh, should we go into our book club? Ben, yes, you do. It is my book club. So originally, it was supposed to be the comic book story of video games, which is a history of video games in a comic book form. But unfortunately. Due to my oversight, I did not check to make sure that it was readily available to wrong damn way these guys. So I had to change it. And I had to change it quick. So luckily, I did find a replacement, and it is Centipede from Dynamite Comics, written by do, 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 do. damn you ads go away. Max Bemis. Yeah, it, written by Max. Your Bemis, favorite writer. One of my favorite writers. No, not his. Oh, one of Ben's favorite writers. I did not say it like that. I was like, he's joshing. Yeah, an artist, e- Eoin Marin. It's spelled E-O-I-N. Yoin. Yoin. Okay. I don't know. I made that up. Yoin, Eoin. I, I, I don't know how to say it. Yes. But- <laughs> how dare you, sir? Yeah, so what do you guys think? Because this is actually the first time I really read this. I only knew it was coming can out. You, can you like clarify? It is based off the Atari video game. It is, it is 100% based I think that's off- important. It is very loosely based off the Atari video game. The first, the cover of issue one has the big Atari logo. And when you go into the credits page, there's the Atari logo there too. So mm-hmm. yes, it is based, it is very loosely based off the Atari video game. I want to say this is the second publication of, not of Centipede, of when Dynamite took old Atari video games and turned them into comic books. Because for a short while, I was buying the book Sword Quest, which was based off those Atari video games, and but unfortunately I never got the last issues. And Centipede was advertised to come out after Sword Quest, and I was really looking forward to it. And I'm actually glad I read it because I like this a lot. So uh, the reason why I wanted you to be clear that it was based off the video game is because this this book's wild. It is wild. It's nuts. Ben, yeah, this book is really really good. <laughs> I cannot <laughs> believe that atari allowed them to do this with their not that the centipede has like a big cachet or anything but like this is a this is about dealing with trauma while going on an acid trip as you're a centipede and mama please vomit into my mouth this book is effing insane for what it is and i can't believe it it's so good and it also ends on an ambiguous ending Yes. Yeah, and not only fighting a centipede, but also, but also, yeah, but not only fighting a centipede, but also thinking you're the last man alive. Everyone you know and love is dead, and then you get to the very end of issue five, where it's like everyone is not dead. They uh-huh. just, or are they? I don't know. But that's what I'm saying. Like it's it's left specifically ambiguous to be like it, uh, or because it's 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 kind of shaded in like his dreamlike shading. So it's like yeah. it, we guys believe like. Is that who he imagines is on the other side? Because he keeps talking, yeah, uh, to the radio, and nobody, and nobody answers. Because he's talking like, to the audience, us, but he might be actually talking to someone we don't know. Yeah, and so like the reveal, the 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 reveal is that oh, they could have been alive on the other side of that radio. Yeah, um, 
I just man, this is such a I just didn't know I just didn't I didn't know what I was getting into like with the centipede book. I figured it would just be like an alien knockoff, like a bunch of space marines fighting somebody. Turns out it's about about a, a sad man who like can't deal with trauma. <laughs> And he's the like, the dumbest kaiju in the world. Yeah, the dumbest one. Yeah, yeah. Who chases its own tail, but somehow can destroy the entire planet. Like, I also, love it. Also, also prominent gay lead. Yeah, at, like it's this book surprised me in so many ways, and like, like the deep stuff with like the parents that shows up at the end. I'm like, ha- Max Bemis, you turned Centipede into a dope comic. Just, it's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I can't I, believe it. I, I genuinely like. I finished it. I'm like, I'm mad. I didn't know this was good. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm mad. mad. I didn't know anything about this. Yeah. No, I'm okay. So. One of the things that really bums me out about when Dynamite does kick-ass shit like this, because I remember enjoying the Sword Quest books when they first came out. That was the I want to say that was Dynamite's first Dynamite and Atari's like first like conjoined thing. I'm not 100 sure. Don't quote me on that one. But the thing is, since Dynamite is a, a pretty small publisher, I remember I was going to Earth Two to get these books, and then they were gone, and I couldn't find them. And next thing I know, it, they just vanished off the face of the earth. Yeah. So I wanted to pick up Centipede because I'm like, okay, I, I'll give that a shot. That looks, that cover looks awesome. I mean, yeah, no, don't judge a book by its cover, but it's like, I want to see how they take a simple game of Centipede. You have a giant Centipede coming down the line. You're supposed, you're in a ship, and you're you have a trackball, and you just shoot the Centipede, and you also got spiders. You're a gnome, apparently. <laughs> I will get my gnomish no, revenge. No, you're the last man left alive oh sorry yeah, yeah. Crash no yeah that's right everything yeah. is a prequel to the game no that's true yeah but i was like i will have my gnomish revenge and i'm like all right yeah. there's some lore for you <laughs> i mean centipede was originally an uh, arcade game and then of course it was ported to the 2600 yeah a trackball uh, well yeah because uh, centipede is one of those like classic atari games like when in the breakout of arcades in the very early 80s Space Invaders. well that's title but yeah same same uh same vein but you're playing, but with such a simple game as Centipede, and what Max Beamus was able to do with just such as like, hey, here's a Centipede, go nuts. It's like, oh, I'm gonna go nuts all can right. I, can I ask? Yeah, because the 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 acid trip was a little confusing for me as to, as to the fact that like, what were we always led to believe that was real, or or was the intention to wait till we see the gnome skeleton to be like, oh, was that real, and what was? I that? assume I assume the whole thing was real. Uh, in the fact that he lived the entire life of the centipede, it's like yeah. that Rick and Morty episode where, um, where but is it, it's this it's this centipede, right? The one yes. that he's fighting. Yes, yeah. yeah. It's like that Rick and Morty episode where they get trapped in the video game. It's like a whole eternity, but then you come out and it's still life is where it is. Um, yeah, that I I I he was that born fourth, with slavery. Th- that fourth issue, uh, legitimately, is like one of the, my favorite issues of a comic I've read in a while, just because I one I didn't expect, and I just I always enjoy a good acid trip in any comic, but like tying it to the, the the not just a centipede and learning the centipede might be a victim just like he's a victim and tying it together with all the parents and i'm like how is a centipede comic one of like the best book comics about dealing with trauma and parenthood and i'm like i can't believe this yeah. and it's like when you have the, i guess when you have the freedom like just do whatever you want with this old arcade game you can do some really cool shit man right i will i will not lie guys when i when i it came to the realization that you were able to to read but my original pick this was a complete 100% shot in the dark. I'm glad. I'm glad. Because I still, you guys know me. I would still love, I want to do more video. I want to go into more video game comic books. And I was like, I remember that set. Because originally I was going to try and find Sword Quest so I could finish reading that. But I was like, no, nah, I couldn't find it right off the way. So, you know what? I'm going to try Cine- did a Centipede. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it did come out. Cool. It's five issues. It's short. Cool. 
And now the fact that I just hit a bullseye with my eyes closed, looking the complete opposite direction, I cannot believe I did that. It's just, it's, it's just one of those times where it's, we always bring it up. Anything can be good. And when you just, when you tell, when you say, Hey Ryan, there's a centipede comic from Atari. I think it's going to be a piece of shit because licensed comics generally aren't, they're sometimes good, but like generally like they're kind of like had to thrown out. This feels like, like, we want you to tell a story however you want to tell. You, you don't expect it to be good, and you certainly don't expect it to be a piece of art. Yeah, for real. <laughs> it's incredible. Right. Ram, what was well, I was going to say, uh, you should do that more often. <laughs> it's just going, huh? No, I'm, yes. I'm, I'm serious, Ben, because oftentimes when we get to the to your end of the book club, you struggle to find a new book because you keep looking on your bookshelf for something that you own and haven't read or have yeah. read want us to read. Do the shot in the dark more often. Find something online or whatever. Don't own then do. Ben, fifty percent of the things you guys have loved on the podcast has been me going. That looked cool. Boom. Like that's. Hundred percent. Headlopper. I knew nothing about Headlopper until I decided to make it a book club. Oh God, Headlopper's amazing. So just so I so what we're saying is like that solves that problem. If you have trouble finding a book for your book club, just do the shot in the dark. Like Ben, you you suggested good book clubs. This is probably the best thing you've ever suggested. This is, I can't believe how good, and again, like, uh, Max Bemis is so good. He did such a good uh, uh, run on Moon Knight that not many people talk about. He wrote a great uh, comic called Evil Empire, which is a very much like a pre-Trump era America, like, comic kind of thing. Where, like, well, I remember that one. Yeah, it's a good comic. Um, yeah, that dude, he wrote one of my favorite X-Men stories, uh, uh, the, la- the worst X-Men ever about Splody Boy. Like, the dude's, man, like, he consistently hits out of the park, and then I didn't even know this existed. And, of course, Centipede is a great comic. Yeah. It, it's wild. Like, the, I love the way that he writes, like, uh, the, the objective uh, cataloging of time, and it's uh-huh. like, time doesn't even matter at this point when shit's this messed up. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, who cares? <laughs> like, not only, like, the story of of Dale going through his, like trying to find a centipede going through just not only that, just the nods to the game. And the fact that you like, when we get to the arena and it's clearly a centipede, uh, it's clearly what the game screen looks like in a game of centipede. Yeah. Just all like, he's like, Oh, I have to kill these spiders too. Fine. Cause you do have to kill the jumping spiders in the game and the mushrooms that like help the centipede get its way down. You have to like, there's like, they're there. All like the little bits and pieces that you know from the game. I really love. The book. I really love that there's a panel where the centipede is throwing the spiders, mm-hmm. and then they're throwing them. And then he, and then uh, I think the guy's Dale. His name. He's like, "We're throwing spiders now. Have we sunk this low, centipede?" Yeah. Uh, having like this drama fight with his arch villain. Um, or yeah, another- man, like. The, it's so sad because again like like while he's having this acid trip he learns that maybe this like this this centipede was sent down here to create more centipedes almost like a victim and then when he has to kill the centipede you see the baby's eyes open in her belly before yeah. she dies that is some sad shit i never expected to feel or care about why do i care about this baby centipede like it's this is a good comic i, can't I love it. i love the the part in issue three where like he's done all of the attempts some of those attempts like really crazy like mounting the spiders and things <laughs> like that and then it gets down to like it's just hurling spiders he's like what this is what we've come to <laughs> like <laughs> the fruitless war and the, and the, and the centipede's just like <sighs> and it goes away <laughs> i also love how like all his, all his schemes because i love i i one of the other things i love is that um it's not on earth but they got transmissions from earth and he he's like, oh, I love stuff from Earth. Like oh, he yeah. named one of his plans after a famous baseball player, Jose Canseco. He's like, this is the Jose Canseco, or he's like, yeah. or he's trying to do all this. I really love how I really 
love how the first thing you were like, Jose Canseco, when the whole point is that he was inspired by the hero's journey. Mm-hmm. And that like comes up all the time, but you like you like laser focused in on like, oh Jose Canseco. Uh I, I, I like that it's like again, it's like not on Earth. He lives on a planet called like Sty Styrek and he's a Styrekian. Yeah. Like that's just cool. And they imported Earth's culture and like he's like obsessed I, with it. I love how they how he talks about his gods. Like there's a there's like unlimited gods and they all just hate us. Hate us and they all like and, but like all the gods balance each other out. So like you can pray to all the different ones and it doesn't matter because they're all real. And I'm like, that's a cool idea of religion too. I love it. Well, t- so Grayson, book. so Grayson's still here with us, and he straight up said, "I was thinking of the other centipede, like the movie The South Park thing." So, thank you for clearing that up. The no. human centipede, very different. Not that one, Ben. What? Told you not to interfere with me. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Damn! Look at that. Well, I saw it, and <laughs> I think it's comic rules. My stream is a my stream. Damn it, my. Uh, uh, yeah, I thought this. I thought this was really, really cool. I what what. What did you guys take away from the ending? Because I, I have, I have ideas. I, 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 I had to look at it three times. Okay, better question. Hold on. How come there are two Dales when he starts the acid trip? Uh, I, I thought that was him, like look, like looking at himself. Like they're like, it's like basically like him. He's looking at a version of himself. I thought that too. But yeah. why does one not have glasses? Because it's like the perfect version of himself. Mm. I don't know. Um, yeah. I don't know. So, I so I, I pondered for a little while if. If not that his history is fictionalized, I don't think that. But if Lucas and Dale, that that last conversation between them was switched. Oh, and that that was a lot. And and because they're they're like calling out to him, like you know, you don't you you had to go be the hero. You can come home. You can come back. Like you're obsessed with this. Yeah, because we see like this image of him with a gun and the centipede out there. Like it's not something that happened in the comic. Like it, it feels like he's been hunting for a long time Man. i i i wasn't sure what the read there was and i'm like are they actually calling out for him and he's just like so Into, lost in I, it I, I, that might be it yeah, yeah he's like so focused on what he thinks his priority. and he's turned that last conversation like into what was said to him yeah but it's not like it's he what mis- he said yeah. back and he's, he's haunted mis- by that and that like misremembering way. it yeah yeah but all the stuff with his parents is is consistent yeah um yeah he, like he's like a dude like yeah trapped in this in this trauma and like he might be just so consumed by it and that the people are just like are there but they're not really there to right. him yeah that's a good read that's a good, it's a sad it's a very sad read yeah like like there are survivors on earth yeah and and he thinks that it isn't real and he just he has to go through this journey yeah mm-hmm. and that's a that's, that's a, that was the tragic read that yeah. i got that that like what they were trying to tell us was that the lucas and dale conversation was reversed yeah um crazy a centipede comic makes you think like that i love yeah. it i love it my my read was uh that uh, uh, they were not real, and he—he—that's that, what he was imagining, and which is why he leaves. The, he leaves Earth ultimately. Yeah. yeah, I thought I thought that would have been it too. Not Earth, but I get what you mean. Whatever um, it's called. Yeah, yeah uh, but I I, uh, I I questioned why some of those images were black and white like they were in the past. Sure. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's where I'm like, but they look made up. But I think that that's supposed to be telling us that that's the truth. Mm-hmm. Because we're hearing that that radio message, and I don't think that's what he's imagining. Um, not that there, I don't think there is a right answer. I think it's ambiguous. Uh, I just wanted to know. Yes, yeah. exactly. I don't think there is a right answer. I just want to know what you guys thought. It's the spinning top. My, my read was that Dale was so consumed by what his dad thought of him, because one of the things that tipped me off that obviously, I mean, obviously, he talks about how him and his dad have his rocky relationship, how he was more inclined to make believe and 
and imaginary things, whereas his dad was like very, no, you have to do it this way. And then when he tells his mom that, hey, I'm gay and I think Lucas is the love of my life, she's like, don't tell your dad. God, she, you brought that up and she has that great line where she's like, I'm, uh, in the long run, I'm so sorry that I love him so that much. That I love him so damn much. Yeah, that you couldn't leave him or, uh, that, 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 that this has to be on you because I love him so damn much. And I'm like, that's, that's so real. That's too so, good for a so, centipede comic. So the, so the thing is to, to kind of back up my read, um, Dale talks about with his mom that he, and it's also hinted at in the centipede acid thing that he's afraid of becoming his, his father. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the thing is like, if you reverse that Dale and Lucas conversation, he felt like he had to go prove himself. Yeah. Yeah. He that's be what his dad always wanted him to be. So that's why I think that the ending thing is them radioing him is real. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. he went off to go be that thing that his dad was always pushing on him, pressuring him to become. And he felt like he had to prove that by killing the centipede. Good Lord. Yeah. And exactly I think that's what I it, but he psyched himself out of it, that that's not the story. Yeah. That's not the narrative. He, he did. He, he, the tragedy is that he thinks I never became that, but he is that he is that right now. That's so good. Yeah. That's what that's, that was my read that. Cause when he was seeing, um, when he was going through the acid trip and saw how the other centipede was essentially being abused by the quote unquote dad centipede, and then when he finds stuff for us, I was like, oh, okay, you're ready. And then chucks him into the arena. And I was like, okay, him. we're kind of like, we're not so different after all. He sells him. Yeah. The dad yep. sells him for some, for like, a, he sold his child for meat, which is essentially, he's so, that was so weird to me. Yeah, yeah that's, that's bad. It's that's really, bad dad. It is bad. Um, God. Just like was my read when when we got to the last page of issue five and you see the transmissions there because I was also curious about the coloring because the coloring were they're grayed out so I would only and we see Lucas phone ringing well I want to say it was an earlier part of Dale on like recording himself or fixing the radio or whatever that was that Lucas or that Dale was just so far and it was like so tunnel vision like I'm going to kill the centipede tunnel vision yeah. And I'm because he forgets that Dale or that Lucas and everyone else is still alive somewhere, but he's like, I'm gonna do this because I'm gonna do this. And then he thinks he has to prove himself, yeah. Yeah. It okay, this is gonna sound really weird, but for but let me go on this little tangent. It reminds me of uh Ark in One Piece. There are these two giants on the island of the Grand Line, where these two giants they go to this island and they both kill these giant monsters and they're having drinks and they're having a good time when this one little girl pops up and she says, which one is bigger? And for a hundred oh, plus... She's, she's talking about the kills. This is a PG-13, Ben. <laughs> oh my. She, she's talking about the kills. Oh my stop. Uh, for over a hundred some years, these two giants, they're friends, but they also fight each other at the sound of a volcano and they completely forgot why they were fighting in the first place. So oh. I feel like one of those things that Dalen is just so engrossed in the fight with a centipede, he forgets why he's there. And all of the signs of the outside world telling him, you're, you've done the thing. You can come home. Yeah, just, got like, it. I'm done. That's it. Yeah, you got and, it. And uh, I think that's absolutely what it is. And in doing that, he has convinced himself because he can't, he cannot allow himself to acknowledge that he has become his father. Yeah. That that mm -hmm. last conversation between him and Lucas was, to change. was opposite mm -hmm. and then yeah. he abandoned and he abandoned them and they all died and and he's just the last survivor because of his cowardice and not becoming his father 
but mm-hmm. not because he's doing what he's actually doing. Turn this into a movie. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy how much you can get these different takes on it. Uh, it's still, what, a, what a comic. It still boggles my mind that Max Bemis was able to take that from a super simple concept game from the early 80s. Well, you can put your you can put whatever spin you want on it because there is no story. There like, really isn't. No, you have like, freedom. If I can remember correctly, the only time when an arcade game had a quote unquote story was Donkey Kong. This is this is pretty much I think now our new uh, hard line on like whenever we say anything can be good we centipede mean this, we mean we mean the Atari centipede comic yeah, yeah yeah and everyone will go what and it's like nah man <laughs> you don't even know I literally <laughs> didn't know this existed yeah so like same. like it's and it's I, amazing I can't believe it Love I it. just I just remember seeing an advertisement for it in a book that I think I still have I probably don't I must have like culled it with someone because it was an incomplete set but now it's like. What other crazy shit has Atari let a, a Dynamite do? And I kind of want to find them out. So the thing is, like, Ryan and I were kind of discussing it. I'm like, there's no way they're all gems like this. Yeah, no be. way. There's no way they're all gems like this <laughs> if we didn't hear not. about it. This has to be, like, one or two diamonds in the rough. Unless Max wrote them all, then I'm like, give me them all! <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll Google it after the show, but I'm curious. And I really hope that these came out in trades because I kind of want this on my shelf. Uh, I can tell it. you right now that the Centipede trade is available I already looked it up today because I'm like, I'm going to have this on my shelf. This Hell is yeah. crazy good. The art is great. We didn't really talk about the art a lot. Art is incredible. Yeah, Art is gorgeous. And just the design of the centipede itself, it's completely different from what you see on the art on the side of the video game cabinet. But it's like, you look, it's like, nah, that's a freaking centipede right there. Big boy. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else you want to add? or No, this it's was awesome. Legit, legitimately one of the biggest surprises reading a comic that i've ever had from like expectations to reality like check out centipede you guys okay i still can't believe my thing is like yo this centipede comic is awesome it's like centipede like was like like the atari game centipede and you would think that saying atari centipede good you would be like game yes comic uh, are you sure about that pirates of the caribbean it was it was, it was a theme park turned into a, a mature pirate maybe there you go Bing bong. yeah poe dameron he wasn't a character and then he was Bing bong. Um, okay. Jar Jar Binks turned into the clown. Oh, he's going home. Ryan, do you have a book hey. for us? Oh, sure, I got a book for you, Brandon. So we talking about a Mr. Agent Jimmy Woo because mm-hmm. he's on the WandaVision. Jimmy Woo was an Ant-Man and the Wasp, but Jimmy Woo is not in the comic that I'm going to talk about. But I just want to talk about Ant-Man. So we're going to read an Ant-Man comic. In 2015, they relaunched Ant-Man with Nick Spencer. So we are going to read the one volume before it got relaunched before Secret Wars. So it's one through five, and it's the annual. And then there's uh, there's the one-shot uh, Ant-Man, Last Days of Earth, which is the Secret Wars one-shot. So there's uh, seven comics in total. So it's the, the five issues, annual, Secret Wars tie-in. Um, I Spoilers, I read it this week. It's, it's awesome. I can't wait for you guys to read a test message in it. I love it. It's great. Nick Spencer is one of the best comedians Marvel has. He's great. All right. Uh, so stay tuned for that. All right. Next week, we're also going to be doing Space Sweepers, the new Netflix uh, live-action yeah. sci-fi film. Guardians of the, of the Trashmen. Um, right. If you guys are watching this live stream, hey, did you know that we've got other stuff on this channel? we got a lot of stuff. If you click the like button and you subscribe to this channel, you can get access to our... Well, you can get access anyway. You can get Fake Nerds Watch which is our after show where we uh, talk about currently WandaVision going that episode by episode. Um, we've got a ton of other things. So if you're rewatching a show, maybe we got a figure's watch of it. Go check it out. Bing bong. Um, 
We got Basement Arcade and the new show, Basement Arcade Pause Menu, which yes. currently has out the Spider-Man PlayStation 4 uh, video game uh, review. Dun, retro, dun, retro review. Dun, dun. Best part, new episode coming out soon. <laughs> and then we have the Fake Nerd Book Club, and that is back with a new episode of Little Char and the Gang. All of these are in the, de- the description below. Man, you're here. Look at you sneaking in here. He literally did because there was only one person watching, which was Grayson. Thanks, Doug. I, I got you, Mag. I see your. <laughs> hey, he said good night. Appreciate it. He, he did. Um, right, little child of the gang. That is all. All those are in the description below. Um, of course, you can also check out. Hey, um, the, the outdoor dining is a thing, so we'll never get out of this. Uh, out of this pandemic. So, uh, so we have our Fickner podcast masks. Check them out. Could Wear you? Them. Wear them. Hey, we might have start wearing two masks for double safety. So get another mask. Yeah, we don't have that many. So maybe we get another mask in the same shop, though. There you go. Podcast. Uh, but those links are in the description below. Like, I'm really happy we have them. We sold. We've sold a ton. We got. We still got more. So. Um, we have our Patreon, three tiers on Patreon. We got our five dollar tier, which got um, stuff, and we got our ten dollar tier, which is a T-shirt, guys. You want a T-shirt, guys? A surprise artist is doing some T-shirts for that Patreon. You may want to get in on that. Um, something that's way too good to put on Patreon. Anyway, uh, and then we have our twenty dollar tier, which is uh, hey, if you subscribe to it, Ryan will get you a shipping a bottle. Speaking oh, of which, the first shipping bottle. Hold on, you both said something at the same time. Ryan, what did you say first? Only the first person. <laughs> Only the first person, exactly. Uh, and Ben, you asked me where my ship in a bottle is, and it's still yeah. in my car. Still in your car. Oh. Uh, there's a lot of things that are still in my car right now. <laughs> this office is clean for a reason. Okay. Um, right, anyway. Uh, we have our Tee Public, where we have a ton of cool shirts. The Fakedard Pot, the, uh, the Fakedard Watch shirt, and the Basement Arcade shirts are going up this week on that channel. That's not a channel. That's a site. But you can check out all those. Link in the description below. We got a lot of cool shirts there, guys. Um, we just put up. Uh, we just put up. Well, right. The I'd rather be a fake nerd than a true fan. That's up there now. It's true. Um, hang on. <laughs> Grayson <laughs> Live says no glove, no love. Oh, wait, wrong thing. <laughs> I mean, not wrong. You ain't wrong. Right. Uh, and of course, you can find all these things on our website at www.fakenerdpodcast.com. Dot com, uh, where that, that's just our landing page for everything. You'll never see news on that, uh, but you will see a review of Ready Player One, uh, Ready Player Two. Sorry, it's okay, it's okay. Yeah, Ready Player Two is up there, and what else do I have? Oh, yeah, my reaction to Sephiroth. Yes, those are those are in the description below. I've got a blog there, we've all got blogs there. Um, things go up whenever they go up. Um, guys, thank you to everyone. Who listens? Thank you to everyone who watched this live stream. Thank you to everyone who watches the video after afterwards. Greatly appreciate all your support. If you don't support us financially, that's perfectly fine. Hey, it's hard right now, but just by watching this, uh, listening to this, that is helping us incrementally. Now, if you could just review us on iTunes. Um, <laughs> thank you to Jeremy Bellucci for our themes. You're going to be hearing so many themes from Jeremy Bellucci because we got so many new intros uh, designed by Sparks over here and uh, music by Jeremy. On all of our new videos. Uh, that's awesome. I'm super excited with how they turned out. And I think they look cool. Oh, yeah. Um, so thank you to him. You can find him at Jeremy Bellucci Keyboards. I'm sorry. That was fast. Jeremy Bellucci Keyboards. I was getting ready for a burp. I, I saw it. I felt it. <laughs> so um, he also does a podcast called Suburban Proctologist. Uh, you can find that on iTunes. 
Uh, also, facebook.com slash suburban proctologist official, Instagram at subproc podcast. Really funny show. More coming soon. Thank you to Mike Batola. Mike is quickly becoming one of my favorite people of all time. Oh, yeah. He drew this. This um, logo right here. I uh, I revisited our first three uh, um, trivia challenges, including the Jurassic Park one, where Ben kept learning out the answers. And that is still so much fun to listen to. I love it. Um, That's still yeah. awesome. So, so you, can, you can watch all... You can, find all those on our feed if you guys want to go back and listen to those trivia challenges they're a lot of fun uh maybe a new one coming soon guys and also you can watch our uh you can watch uh yeah last year 2019 zelly comic-con panel that's up on our uh, youtube page right now two years ago ben two years ago oh my god one of the greatest days of my life yeah um you can find but yes he does our logos most specifically they're miscellaneous picked our podcast and uh, oh, book club that's the other one um he does all logos there and they're beautiful and they're great and maybe he's got some other stuff coming uh merchandise wise but you can find him at mike matola on instagram and twitter cool um you can find us on twitter instagram facebook all at fake nerd podcast fake nerd guys at gmail.com i'd like to get in touch with personally i'm at bt mcclure on instagram and twitter ben you can find me, I guess, going into the Atari mines to find more diamonds in the rough at BenMaga27 on Instagram and Twitter. And also, like I said at the very beginning of the show, I write old, old school. Blah, that was a mouthful. My goodness, I must, I'm either starving or hungry. or t- Doesn't matter. I hit my brain right now. Ben, just go. <laughs> I also write for OldSchoolGamerMagazine.com. A new article is going to be coming up this week. Sparks. Uh, you can find me trying to catch up on some reading at SparksWitty on Instagram and Twitter, S-P-A-R-K-Z Witty. Ryan. DJ Tony Snark. Everywhere. <laughs> Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music and Podcasts, now Pandora. Great review wherever you get us. Greatly appreciate it. Until next time you see us, stay fake nerd.